In a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. And I am Matt Nost, and uh, we're happy to be here talking about another movie-related uh, topic this week. Yeah. But uh, did you watch, I'm sure you did, the Matrix trailer that just... I did. I did. Yeah, I did a trailer thoughts? reaction. I was on live for an hour talking about it. Uh, oh, so people. you're all talked out? No, no, not at all, because, uh, I, you know, I, I loved it. I had a really great time watching that thing, and uh, I had a, I, I just was... My love for that franchise is reawoken, and I was trepidatious about it because of some of the reactions that I'd heard from people at Cinecon, some people who saw an early screening of the film tweeted or posted on their social media about it, claimings that some of the details are a little weird, like it's a little meta. For example, the Matrix movies exist in the movie. So how are they going to handle that? So I was a little worried. But then when I saw the trailer, man, I'm a thousand percent on board. I'm looking forward to seeing what they got. They got me again. So if it's a shitty reloaded or revolutions again i got no one to blame but myself but i'm back on board with this what, what did you think i have no idea <laughs> so well because it's it's it reminds me of what jj did early on with star oh, wars yeah. which i liked about star wars but there had been three in between the right. original that i grew up with the original three right so it reminded me of the Star south park like remember this remember <laughs> And it's like there's a Morpheus looking guy and there's a training sequence. And uh, yeah, I don't know if they're just that's all the first act of the movie type of thing. And they're not really telling us anything. I hope that's the case. I, I don't know. I watched it and I was like, I'm not sure how I feel about that. And then it's just the glowing praise online, which is great for all the people that were so moved by it. I'm still yeah, I'm still tentative. I'm still yeah. holding back a little bit. I'm sure there are a number of you uh, people who are holding back and worried about it. I, you I don't think people. <laughs> I mean, just I meant, so racist. I meant people. Um, I know. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, but I was, I was, I hear what you're saying, but th- it's not in the same way. Like the training sequence, is it Morpheus training Neo? Cause Neo kicks the shit out of him. So clearly that isn't, well, necessarily we Morpheus, right? This is a no, different, but he's got same glasses so, and the trench coat and bald. Does. And it's like, ah. Oh. But then at the end of the trailer, he shows up wearing the agent's outfit with the black tie and the black suit. So what is what is his purpose in all of this? I don't know. Is he? There's a lot of speculation that he's a young Morpheus. Um, and uh, there's a lot of speculation that Jonathan Groff is either the architect, who we see like. at the end there, or possibly another version of Agent Smith. Because Hugo Weaving is not in the movie, but that doesn't mean they can't have the character if, of Agent Smith. What if he's the Oracle? It could be the Oracle. Uh, a lot of people are speculating that Priyanka Chopra is the Oracle and that she's the young girl from Revolutions grown up now and has kind of taken over as the Oracle because, remember, they handed her off to the Oracle when they saved her in the in Revolution. So, yeah, issue that. So there's a lot of 
speculation, but I hear you. They absolutely followed the Rocky Balboa route and Creed, the Force Awakens Which route. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I was just hoping that this would, so because this one's so out of left field, that they mm. wouldn't. I don't know. I didn't anticipate that, I guess, is what is the honest to God answer. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know what I was expecting, but not. Hey, remember this? <laughs> it's just like, ah. Yeah. Dude, when South Park gets a hold of you and it's claws, fuck, you're fucked. Well, you're when so it's fucked. when it's accurate, it's yeah. impossible to deny. It is. I mean, the Washington football team one was brilliant. Oh, and they then, got a bunch. And the Spielberg one with Indiana Jones. Oh, my God. That was Them, just. They destroyed oof. Family Guy for me. And <laughs> I still like Family Guy, but they said, look, it's easy to write jokes when you can just do these non sequiturs and you think ideas that don't don't push the story along. But that's what our jokes do. They're in service <laughs> of the story. And I was like, fuck, they are right. I had never really critically oh. thought about because it's just a stupid throwaway gag and be like, well, who couldn't do that? And it pissed them off and pissed other anime, like the Simpsons writers. Like, are you fucking kidding me with this? And I hadn't thought about it from the writer's room perspective. So they've done it a few times for me where I'm just like, mm. <laughs> the, the, the hint of truth rings. Uh, rings true on this yeah yeah when they're uh, on it they're on it you're right yeah exactly it's impossible yeah. to deny and then there are times when they miss right right but it it's inherent in the process you're doing that much the scientology one was good i remember that that pissed off yeah but the fish dicks kanye was, one oh yeah they loved was, yeah. i did i didn't understand yeah why that was so popular uh, and I remember like a season premiere once of, I think they were doing Queer Eye, but they were all crab people in reality or something. I don't know. It was weird. It's been a long time since I've seen that one. Right. Uh, well, what did you think of the new cast, though? I mean, did you like any, like Yaya, Priyanka Chopra? I, aren't you there for Neo and yeah, Trinity? You, you kind of are. Yeah. Is that, is that really Trinity? I mean. Oh, who knows? They don't know each other. And then when they see each other in the Matrix, she has code running down her cheek. What does that mean? And uh, she, I missed that. There's shots of her like being replugged in or whatever into the Matrix. So is she is she a creation? Uh, I don't know. You know, the blue pill stuff is pretty, pretty prevalent. Yes, it is. Is that to throw you off from what a, what's actually happening? There's so much to speculate, man. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Hopefully yeah. it's a good product. In the end, here I that's agree. All that's all I'm looking forward to. So I, I, I'm not happy that the Merovingians coming back. I don't understand bringing that that character. I fucking hated that character, and so bringing him back, I, uh, I I'm, I'm curious to see what form they're bringing back. Um, but um, but I like the idea that Jada Pinkett Smith's coming back. I always thought Naomi was a nice addition in those second and third movies. Ah, uh, so I thought she was wooden. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, there wasn't much to play with, but when Roy Jones Jr. is acting next to you and he's given oh. the same kind of emotional range on some level, it's like, okay, that's the vibe they're going for, which is this yeah. cold calculated we have a mission to do. But, uh, yeah, I've yeah. seen her be better in other things, personally. That's fair. No more stunt casting, for God's sakes. Just let it cast actors. Cast I don't mind if Roy Jones Jr. is in there. That's fine. I would. Does he need to have a line? Probably not. <laughs> you know, if it's just Roy Jones Jr. in the background, but prominent in a bunch of shots and be like, that's cool as shit. He loves the franchise. He met the Wachowskis. Yeah. And they're like, hell yeah, let's do this. Uh, you're not going to have a line. He's like, ah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, right. Just put me uh, in it. 
Yeah, just put me in it. I love the series. It's like all the people that sign up to be storm uh, stormtroopers in Star Wars. Yeah, true. Daniel Craig and all that. Yeah, yeah. it's just like if you love the series, I don't care, man. I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. This thing's right. awesome. Right, right. Um, That's a good point. It's a good point. But you know, it is too. It's uh, Roy Jones Jr. So you're like, hey, champ. Uh, oh, you want a li- you want a line? Uh, of course. Ooh, oh. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> Did you work out this morning? You didn't, so you just always look like that. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. How many lines? Just one? You sure you just want to stop at one? <laughs> I just... I can't even fathom what it must be like to be around <laughs> one of those dudes that's just in the prime of their career. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, fingers crossed, it's good. Yeah, yeah. We'll find out Christmas. It's not that yeah. far away, man. Still don't have much faith, but I'm not rooting against you. So right, right, right. I, I hope uh, I am more than pleasantly surprised. I think most people want a film to be good. I think there's the loud minority that enjoys when a film is shit. Sure. I think a, lot, a majority of people do want it to be because they want to be entertained. They want to be transported out of their mundane lives or their boring lives or their or their overwhelming lives and just fucking enjoy a movie for a couple hours before they have to go back to that shit. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's yeah. pure entertainment. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, what else? You yeah. Got? What, what else? I came with that. What you got? What did you, what else did you talk about for an hour today? We can talk We're, about that tomorrow. With the, <laughs> with the matrix. I think we've get the thing with the trailer. Um, oh, for sure. For sure. No, I'm just saying like you, I brought that up not knowing, but now it's like, well, you heard something well, up. What do you, you got? You're not a Star Trek guy, so you didn't. You probably didn't watch any of the trailers, did you? The Picard stuff, any of that? No. Yeah, see? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Aquaman's Although, new suits? Anything with your, Aquaman's new suits? I could give two shits about that. Yeah, there you go, see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just do you really care what this I guess, I mean, If you're a diehard, I, uh, yeah, for sure. A lot of people were talking about it. Anyway, yeah, what were we oh, going to ask? Why not? There's a 24-hour news cycle in the entertainment world, so it there's really a churn, is. and you got to talk about, yeah, it's just like sports and politics and everything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're, they're thankful that there's that much engagement with their product. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, it's the God's honest truth. Yeah, you're right. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I saw some stupid quiz thing that popped up in my feed somewhere. All right, so Picard or Kirk? Oh, it's Kirk. Not even a okay. question. Are you kidding? Okay. It's not even a question. Yeah, it's Picard for me. Not even a question. Really? Yeah. Oh, why? I think he more so embodies what the ideal of captain means to me. Oh, you mean thinking about something for seven episodes for doing before doing anything about it? And no thanks. Well, no thanks. In fairness, they had the oh, we're straight to cable show, and we need to make thirty-seven of these in a year. So there is a bit of a grind. You got to cut them some fucking slack. <laughs> do i though do i i mean how many how many total of the original series are there oh it's a good question it's three seasons okay so maybe 67 episodes or less let me see how many episodes of star trek in the original series i should know this being a, a trek person but uh you know it's not my um, it's not something i think about all the time okay um 79 79 episodes okay wow well next wow. gen has 178 that's only because they went longer well true yeah but they went seven seasons yes 
So if you just double from three to seven, you get to 150. And then they did another 28 on top of that. So it's true. They did two and a half times the original. So of course there's going to be a grind on some of these. It's impossible not to <laughs> in 178, just like in 79 or whatever it is. I'm sure there's a couple that are just like, ah, we didn't need to make this, did we, fellas? <laughs> <laughs> but, ooh, ah. well, you got a contract to fill. We need to do 20 some odd of these. 25, <laughs> six, seven. That's funny, dude. Um, <laughs> so, it's kind of like the Ted Lasso, that Christmas episode was because oh, Apple, yeah. Apple came to them and said, hey, we want two more episodes. So they just cram in this Christmas one, like which was great. Christmas. Yeah, I like the Christmas one. But it has nothing really uh, to propel the arc so far of what I've seen of the season. So No, not at all. I agree with you a thousand percent. It, yeah. it did not propel. It was filler. No. Yeah, it was basically filler, yeah. It was good filler, and it makes you like the characters more and all that jazz. Right. Um, hopefully fleshes out why What's-His-Name is being such a prick this season. Oh, Nate, yeah. Yeah. Nate's being a prick, man. Every, and it's the, that was their goal, and it's getting the expected response from all of us yeah i think so yeah we're so, fucking so lemmings they're gonna dupe us for sure they are we all know it's coming too oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah. we all know it's coming he's gonna be he's gonna get some kind of uh, what do you call it the redemption he's gonna get some kind of redemption absolutely come up and of some kind possibly I, i've been speculating that this is them setting up that he's gonna go to another team in the new in the next season and that, yeah, uh, you could do that, or yeah. he has such a dust up with the team that they exile him, and he has to kind of come like work his way back in. And right, right, it has awesome. clearly has something to do with his father. Yes, dad. Spoilers, issues. by the way, on a show that's going on. Our apologies. <laughs> I really don't think it ruins anything in Ted Lasso, though. For you, I don't think so either. Yeah, I mean, if you're watching Ted Lasso, I feel I feel like if you're not watching it, you weren't going to watch it anyway. So it isn't I would say that, but spoiler. you you and I have both had shows where you get to it later, no matter how many people talk it up that it's good. You get to it right. later. I guess you're right. Um, I don't know. But if you're one of those people, well, suck it. We just talked about it. <laughs> I can't take it back now. Eloquently said. Eloquently said. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. But Matt, let's, let's talk about the elephant in the room. We're on the precipice of the NFL season, Matt. It starts tonight as we're recording yeah. this. I stupidly scheduled a big review tonight uh, with uh, some of the uh, other shows, I, with one of the other shows I do. And I'm like, fuck. So I'm not going to get to watch the game fully all the way through. I'll have to stop for an hour and do this review. But are you excited for seeing the Bucks and Cowboys tonight? Do you think uh, you're going to have some fun with that? Or Oh, of course. You- Football's yeah, okay. back. I'm excited okay. for football. All right. All right. Did it have to be the Cowboys? I mean, it had to be. It's the Cowboys. People it's, love the fucking But the Cowboys, Cowboys aren't the Cowboys anymore. I agree I mean? with you. Look, I agree with you. But clearly, they think there's something more here. Well, it's, you know, it's like the NBA starting with the Knicks. And you're like, mm. <laughs> it's been 30 years since the Knicks were really or 20, yeah. you know, 22 years-ish, 23 years-ish since they've been really relevant. Yeah. Same with the, the fucking... Cowboys. It's been since the Aikman Smith era. You're not wrong, dude. You're not wrong. So I, I, they ceased to be America's team like 10 years ago. Yeah. In reality. It's a great nickname, but they're not America's team anymore. No, you're right. You're right about that, dude. Uh, but hey, do I still root against them? Yes, I do. So I'm actually pulling for the Bucks for no other reason than I've never liked the Cowboys to crush the Cowboys. They're making you push pull for the Bucks, man. 
Uh, sons of bitches. Nah, it's not really pull for the Bucks. It's crush the Cowboys. Okay, fair enough. I would take any opponent. It's not because I'm rooting on the Bucks. It's just like right. I like to see the Cowboys get beat. <laughs> I do. Are you in a uh, fantasy league yet or no? Yeah, we drafted okay. uh, a couple of days ago. We wait until right. all injuries are done, starters are set. Right. And Injury. you really know exactly who's going to be where. But I'm just doing one this year. Okay. I didn't even right. feel like it until like a week before. Yeah. I did one. I'll probably do seven more by the end of the weekend. I like to have a number of leagues. So what do you guys just disclude week one or do you retroactively? Yeah, they, they disclude week one. And then you just go through the rest of the season. And look, that works because it's 17th game season this year. So it still kind of fits seven, 16 games. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, yeah. Um, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I I, I want to see what the Bucks. I mean, Brady's already out there with that video. So, you know, we deserve a sequel. We deserve a sequel. So already motivating his crew. 22 players back from last year. All the Yeah, I, I mean, it's, I figured they'd have people leave just because they get paydays elsewhere. Right. So they wouldn't be returning so many of these individuals, but they are, um, yeah. you know, they got a good shot. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's quite a few teams and then there's always going to be those surprises of, you know, Buffalo two seasons ago on the come up. And now Allen right. looks like he may be the real deal. Yeah. With that, those type of storylines. Will the Ravens actually be a threat? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Are you buying into Pittsburgh? Uh, eh? Nah. Exactly. Eh? Yeah. I don't know if I'm buying into Pittsburgh. I'll be honest. I don't know if um, I'm buying into Pittsburgh. There's a there's a quite a few storylines. KC, I believe, are the odds-on favorite. Will the Packers with Rodgers have one final ride off into the sunset together and crush it? And then maybe he stays after that. Maybe he does it. Who knows? There's great intrigue yeah. there. When will Justin Fields hit the field for my Bears? Yeah. What's the deal? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. But I'm in no rush. I'd rather him. They ease him into it, and okay. if it's week three and he's ready, go for it. But the expectations of well, it's fine. Right. Like, You're not rushing. Yeah, we can't. Okay. All right. Uh, plus, we don't have, I don't know, the team's not really made to do anything right now <laughs> other than see what we got. Right. So let's see what we got. Do we have flashes? What do you got? Yeah. What do we, what do we got? I don't know. How long does Garoppolo keep his job in San Francisco? Oh, my Interesting God. Interesting question. Yeah, it's a good question. I think zero time. I think zero time. I think yeah, zero. I have no idea. They want to move on from him so bad. Yeah, so Justin bad. Lawrence. Yeah. I love that McCaffrey's uh, value in fantasy is still technically number one overall. And you're like, That's crazy. Mm, this quarterback is Sam Darnold, guys. Yeah. Who will check down, but the defense goes, it's Sam Darnold. <laughs> so, McCaffrey, your job. Is roughly the same, if not, yeah. a, you know, a bit slightly better, slightly worse, but roughly the same as it was before. That I don't know if I'm buying this. We're just going to wait on him to choke it. We're just going to wait on Sam to choke it. Once Sam chokes it, we'll step on in. So enjoy yourself, McCaffrey. Yeah, it's crazy. Know. It's crazy to me, man. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some people predict the Washington football team winning the division again. Well, yeah, but your guys' division is going to be so sad. That you know what you know what that's the so come on, the <laughs> Cowboys are as dysfunctional as ever. The yeah. Giants are going to be god awful. Yeah, I agree. Just god awful. I don't know. You, Daniel Jones is not the answer. Yeah. Anyway, and Philly is Philly is going nowhere. So your division yeah. is pretty. It's yours for the taking. There's nothing wrong with that. Take it. 
the upward trajectory. It sounds like there's something wrong. No, it's just like this is year one of we're proving. It's like Buffalo from a couple of years ago. Yes, we got a bunch of young players and we play well together. And yeah, you know, if you end up uh, nine and eight, that is utterly respectable. Okay, all right. In my book, that is you know the right kind of improvement. Ron Rivera's turned it around. Yeah, I think Fitzy is going to be better than people think. We'll see. For us. I know he'll a lot have, of people feel like he's not that good, but I think he's going to be great. He'll, he'll have like three to five games where he looks amazing. We're going to win 12 games this year. I'm you right now. 12. I need to look at your schedule, but that seems pretty high. <laughs> Do you get to play your own division three times? If that's the case, yeah. That could be nine wins right there. <laughs> I mean, it did add a game. I don't know how. I have That's true. <laughs> we playing some shitty teams. I don't know, man. But I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited to have it back. It feels a little more okay to be excited this year than last year. So with the COVID and everything like that. So, But the teams are, man, they are hardcore, hardcore uh, uh, doing their thing, man. So I, I'm excited to see that they're like vaccinations and blah, blah, blah. And seeing what, what guys stay. So it adds a lot of excitement to the, to the league to be like, well, now not only do we have to worry about injuries, now you got to worry about who's being diagnosed, you know, and then you've got the clown show that was the Denver quarterbacks from last year, getting that exposed. So the league has been on top of this shit and you wonder, you know, what happens when one of their premier teams gets into trouble on a premier night. You know, what if it's Monday oh, yeah. Night Football or Sunday Night Football and it's the Patriots or the, or the Bucks who get the COVID-19 situation? What will they do then? You know, very interesting stuff to see. Yeah, I am <laughs> very intrigued as to how they but they got through last season. Yeah. Which I didn't think was ever going to happen in, mil- no. in a million years. So all those moving around, all those rescheduled games. That's yeah. why I liked it this year. They're like, you know what? Fuck it. It's a forfeit. I love that. I never thought the NFL would do that. I think that's gutsy. I uh, Yeah, I just wonder if that rule does fudge a little bit if there's a great Sunday night game or Monday right. night game. Yeah. And they might have to flex somebody else into it. Or a playoff. Then, yeah, if it's a playoff yeah. game, yeah, yeah. I, how can it be a forfeit? Yeah, right. Exactly. People will literally riot. <laughs> it's true. It's, yeah, literally riot. Yeah. Um. So let's see if they stick their guns. Who knows? Goodell is an owner's yes. GM, so you know, yeah. we'll see. Here's the schedule. We have the Chargers first up on loss. Shut your mouth. That's a loss. You're insane. The We're Chargers are a better team. You're insane. The Chargers are better. That's a loss. Go ahead. <laughs> then we play the Giants at home. That's a win. Okay. Then we're at Buffalo. That's a loss. Jesus Christ. At Atlanta. I don't know what Atlanta is right now. Yeah. You could beat them. I'll give that. I'll give that to two and two. That's fine. I okay. don't know where Atlanta is. All right. Then we play the Saints at home with Jameis Winston under center. I still. I think I like the Saints a little bit better. You're insane. So um, two and three. The Chiefs at home. Two and four. <laughs> it's not a discussion. You know it. <laughs> then we're at Green Bay. Two and five. At Green Bay, two and five. And what is that? Middle of October? In the middle of October, yeah. Okay, starting to get a little bit cold. My birthday. Green Bay, weekend. two and five. All right, at Denver. But you're also on the road again. Yeah, true. 
depending on where Denver's at. I, at this point, I'm going to go against you and say two and six. Wow. Then the Buccaneers, two and wow. seven at home. Then at Carolina, you lost the last one. I'll give you this one, three and seven. Okay, three and seven. Then we play the Seahawks at home, three and eight. God dare you. Then the Raiders at in Las Vegas, in Las Vegas. You know what? Four and eight. Thank you. Thank I believe you that's much. possible. All right. Then we play the Cowboys at home. Five and eight, just because okay. I want to see you beat the Cowboys. So I'm on your okay. side on this one. Then we play the Eagles. Six and eight. Okay. Then the Cowboys again. I'll say six and nine. You split. All right. Then the Eagles again. Seven and nine. You should beat the Eagles twice. And then at the Giants. There you go. Eight and nine. So nine and eight to me would be a triumph. We're going to go 12 and five or 11 and six. I'm telling you this right now. Do you want to put some money on it? <laughs> no, I never put money on this shit. You go 12 and five, I'll give you a game. So you could end up only going 11 to hedge your bet. Okay. All right. All right. How much you want to put? I like this. No, no money. I don't no, 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 no. Money. Then fine. Then why would I give you basically points? That's I, not, know. I didn't ask for them. You're giving them to me. I, I thought we were, if I enticed you, you might throw in. <laughs> nope. I once lost my rent money uh, for on a bet. Never have never bet money again, man. That was the end of it for me. I don't oh, I'm not talking dragon. about real money. Oh, oh, what do you want to bet? Oh, oh uh, right. max would be like 20 bucks. Hey, that's money, man. Okay, fine. Five bucks. Five bucks? Five bucks. You go 12 and five, I'll give you a game. So you can go as, as low as le- 11 and six. We can go 11 and six? Yeah. All right, I'm going to take your 11 and six. I'll take okay. it. Five bucks. Done. Five bucks. Done. That's, that's the easiest $5 I ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that is the easiest. You got to give me a chance to earn my money back. What's your bet? What's your let's, bet on something else? Let's go through the schedule. For Chicago? Sure. Okay. Do you want, here, I'll read through and you give me your assessment. Okay, that sounds good. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, break it down. Bears-Rams opening this weekend. <sighs> Rams and it's, at, it's in L.A. Yeah, L.A. wins. Are yeah. you going? You're not going? Uh, I'm not going. Oh, damn, dude. I know, but it just didn't work out. I've got shit to do. Yeah, fair enough, man. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, Bengals, Bears. That's tough. Joe Burrow, second year. Could be. be able, uh, I don't trust that coach, though. That offensive line got him hurt last year. Yeah. They're supposed to be better, but I don't know. I like that Justin kid, man. All right, I'm going to take the Bears on that one. All right, one and one. So then Bears at Browns. No, Cleveland wins. Hands down. Fair. Lions at Bears. I don't know what we got in golf in Detroit. I know what we got in Detroit. (laughs) That's two and two to me, but if you want to say one and three, that's fine. But, yeah, we have the Lions. Like, look at Swift last year. He dropped that pass. For some reason, the Lions are just – we got the Lions. Okay. I never questioned that one. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Bears at Raiders. And we're two and two now. Oh man, that is this is a tough, tough schedule. Like uh, because it's a lot of even teams. Somewhat, yeah. Yeah, the Raiders, huh? Uh, you know what? I'll trust the Raiders. So I'm gonna go with the Bears on that one. All right, three and two. Packers at Bears. No fucking way. The Packers are gonna stop in precisely US. three and three. So yeah. Bears at Bucks. No, Bucks. Okay. That's revenge for last year. Brady's That's gonna good. kill you all for last year. Yeah, we'll see. He was up and down. I mean, he wasn't lights out. Yeah, last year it's not like he walked away going Brady carried them. 
Not saying he was bad, but he is 40, okay. 44. 40. Yeah. 44, man. Let's say 42 or 43, but 44. Yikes. It's war moon um, territory. Yeah. All right. All right. So that puts us at one and one, two, three, two, three and four. Three. That's three and five. Okay. Okay. Niners at Bears. No. Okay. Well, three and, yeah, I think Niners win. Okay. Three and six. Okay. Uh, Bears at Steelers. No. Three and seven. Ravens at Bears. No. Three and eight. Bears at Lions. I think you're split. Okay. Three and ten. Car, uh, cards at Bears. Do you trust your Bears against those cards? I don't know who we're going to have a quarterback by this point in the season. So I don't okay. know what the team's going to look like, to be perfectly I'm going to take your Bears because I don't trust Kingsbury and Murray to do it consistently. So, so what was that, five Bears. and seven? Uh, sure. Bears at Packers. No way. Five and eight. Vikings at Bears. <laughs> Tell you what, I'll give you the one in Chicago. I think they win in Chicago, the Bears. All right. That, I believe, is six and eight. Okay. Uh, Bears at Seahawks? No. No fucking way. Giants at Bears? Yes, Bears win. And then Bears at Vikings? Yeah, Vikings win that one. All right. So that puts us at seven and ten. Okay. Um, What's your counter? I think we're maybe a game... Better than that? Okay. At eight and nine. So you're saying eight and nine for your Bears? That's my guess for the season. Eight and nine. Okay. Best case scenario would be nine and eight to me. Okay. But I think eight and nine is conceivable. Because I think there's a chance maybe we could take that Niners game. Maybe. Yeah. Or since it's Ravens on the road, I'd need to look at their schedule. But who knows? Uh, if they're banged up, they got yeah. a lot of skill position questions that I, you know, that I have. Okay. Got a great quarterback. The defense is good once again, but yeah, it's like ah, who's going to be their running back? They've had a churn over there. They're bringing in Le'Veon, and or they brought in Le'Veon somebody else to try out in the last few days of camp. And I think uh, Freeman. I think they wanted. Yeah, him. Devonta Freeman. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see who they signed. I just saw that it was leading mm-hmm. up to my fantasy draft, so I haven't looked since because that's irrelevant to me until my Bears really play the Ravens or one of them pops off and it's good in fantasy. Yeah. Um, All right, so eight and nine, mm-hmm. five bucks. Uh, well, I think we're going eight and nine. Okay. So I gave you better odds. So I'll take the seven and 10 for five bucks. And if we go eight and nine, like my projection, I still win. It doesn't matter, but I'll take the seven 10 and 10. But if you go, if you go less than eight, I win. No, no, no. I get the seven and 10 because that's what oh, you okay. value it at. And okay. Before you valued yours much higher, and I didn't agree with you. Anything higher than eight and ten is your victory, right? So basically, no, no, no. Well, okay, okay. eight Break and nine down. is my guess. Okay, your offer was seven and ten. I'll take right. seven and ten. Okay, you didn't like my offer of assessment of your record, and then you said, "I think we're going this." Right, right. And I took you at that, so I'll take you at seven and ten. So okay. If we if we do worse than seven and ten, you win. If I do better than seven and ten, I win. That's what I was you, getting at. Yeah. So anything above, if you do 11 and six and above, you win anything below. I win. Okay. Sounds good. I like it. You might, we might end up be splitting on this. I don't know. We might flip the coin. We'll find out. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> and let's see if we remember at the end of the season. I think yeah, we, will. See if we remember. I think we will. Um, we'll play this back. Someone, I'm sure somebody will play it back for us. Um, anyway, so to, uh, you guys didn't come here for NFL talk, but that's part of it. But uh, today we are going to get into 
the top 10 bands that deserve a biopic. Top 10 bands that deserve a biopic. Matt, what was the impetus for us choosing this topic? Do you remember? Sure. We both didn't like the topic we settled upon. And in the 11th hour last night, we're like, can we think of something else? And we came up with this gem of an idea. (laughs) Because a St. Vincent is putting out a documentary that's not a documentary that turns into something else. And we were like, oh, that's, you know, that music thing. What about music? And then uh, the idea of just doing, hey, what bands would you like to see a a movie about? Right, right. Uh, And that's... That's that's how we settled upon it, but okay, it opens yeah. up. I mean, once you limit it to bands, it cleaves off a lot of because you could do a separate show of biopics you'd love to see. True, very true, and there's tons of those. Mm-hmm. But for bands, it's like oh, okay, that that at least narrows the field. And then who has an interesting story to me, and who's what a, the backstory would I like fleshed out more? Right. Um. So that's how I came to to my list, but I think it okay. should be a fun show. I think so too. I think there's a lot to to go through when you talk about uh, uh, these kinds of things, and so yeah, I'm absolutely down uh, and looking forward to seeing what the show is going to be and what bands we're going to talk about. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, choices and possibilities for us to explore for sure. So yeah, I'm down. I'm ready. I'm excited. And I've got you some interesting choices. In? Yeah, let's do it. Um, here's how the show works: we count each other's we count each other's list down, and then we combine it at the end for an overall list. Let's you'll get, get it. it. It's pretty yeah. straightforward. It's pretty easy. Go ahead. Uh, at 10, I've got the Grateful Dead. Oh, nice. Go ahead. I'm not a Grateful Dead guy, so knock yourself out. What, what do you got? What do you got? Well, I usually listen to the Dead. I don't really listen to them much. You know, once a year, I'll okay. check in and listen to a handful of songs that I still love. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I find their story interesting because they never really had a big album or a big hit. Technically, Touch of Grey when I was a kid was A, my introduction to the Grateful Dead. Okay. But B, was their best charting song they ever had. Right. By a mile. So this band that built up a following now that's going to last for at least a few generations because, you know, fam- parents handed down to kids and whatnot, and they still have tribute bands going on. But the right. rise of those individuals and how they grew that kind of status of just you got to see them on tour and this dedicated, loyal following built up over decades. And, you know, the start in the San Francisco uh, uh Height Ashbury area yeah. and what that was all the characters that they have there and yeah. them coming together and then slowly morphing into technically one of the biggest bands the world has ever known. And they didn't get radio play yeah. or MTV coverage or none of it. Just mm-hmm. pure grassroots. Yeah. Uh it's just an incredible story to see like their reaction as crowds are just organically growing, enjoying what they're doing without the help of, you know labels pushing them and all that jazz mm-hmm. and then i'm sure the strife and whatnot they had uh, uh the death of Pigpen early on so you have oh, yeah. kind of that to deal with and the integration like of the donna jean Gachow and her husband and then eventually those two faded out and it just was like these but it's still a big band there's so many dynamics going on amongst all these individuals yeah there have been smaller like vh1 type of movies uh, you know, discussing their backstory, but to really get into like the meat of it, I think is yeah. it'd be an interesting story, and I would enjoy it. Oh, absolutely! But it's, also, it's also a ten because I don't know, unless you're a fan of the band, I don't know if they have that pull like all the others. Right, right. Great point. Great point. Absolutely. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not a big uh, Grateful Dead person. I, you know, obviously like a terrible mainstream basic bitch. I do like Touch of Grey, but I've that's never a great really, song. 
it's a good song, but I've never liked song. any of their other stuff. Uh, and there is a Grateful Dead channel, and every once in a while, I'll be like, well, let me try some out. But it never really hooks me in. Like Fish, like people love Fish, people follow Fish. Doesn't do a thing I, for I me. I did. It's just not my style. Yeah, and and I got no judgment on it. It's just not my thing. The thing um, is, but I can understand people wanting that for sure. Yeah, yeah. for someone like you, it's like you need to kind of or uh, cherry pick songs mm. to introduce yeah. you because you can't just go. Oh, here's this 20 minute rendition of this right. one song. Right. Cause then depending on when the era of when I listened. Yeah. Uh, cause they put out like several albums that I just, my, my listenership stopped, mm-hmm. but it was fervent for a long time. And I still revisit that and listen to live shows and stuff, uh, every once and again. Yeah. yeah. But you can't just be like, Oh, this is significant because I can't right. give you the backstory because even the backstory is irrelevant to you. Right. So it's just like right. if I cherry pick from studio albums or this live version of this, you'll love. Yeah. I think you get introduced like that, but yeah, it's okay. it's tough. Okay. Yeah. To introduce people to a band like that. Yeah. All right. What's your nine? Uh my nine is ACDC. Oh, good choice, man. You got the young brothers starting. Yep. And then the formation of the band and then the spinal tap joke of drummer keeps getting replaced over and over. <laughs> guy leave and then come back and then leave again. And then one of the guys yeah. that left filled in for, and it's like this rotating, but one dude they fired early on. Right. And uh, the death of Bon Scott, their original lead singer. Mm-hmm. And they bring in, uh, um, oh my God, Brian, uh, Son of a gun, Brian. It's a generic like Jones, Brian Simpson, Brian. I think you're right, Brian Jones. Brian Jones? I think. God, why am I blanking on his name? Hold on, let me pull it up. CBC drummers? Brian First, Johnson. Oh, Brian Johnson. Okay, okay. Um, And then that propels them to the ACDC that I really knew and grew mm-hmm. up with. Uh, and then went back for the Bond Scott stuff. Uh, but then their rise, the huge rock stars sold millions upon millions of albums yeah and just grinding out these dudes down you know from down under sydney's biggest rock band of all time <laughs> i don't think there's anybody else in the like same pantheon as acdc <laughs> uh there have been a bunch of great bands from australia but to get to their height level longevity i can't think of another one that sniffs them yeah yeah, the, the switching of um, lead singers rarely leads to success for a band. Yeah, right? they're, they're one of the few bands that was able to switch singers, lead singers, and get people on board. Them, Van Halen, Survivor. It's the the list is short. Journey, it's, Journey. Well, no, because Steve, Steve Barry didn't he replace somebody originally? Oh, I don't remember him? if he did. I don't remember if he. I did. thought that I was thought the story. Was the like they had somebody, and then he came in. That's when they were really they became the Journey. Everybody knew, but it was. Yeah, technically, I think outside of San Francisco, if memory serves, like or Southern California, or yeah, California in general, they weren't Journey until Steve Perry was there for the rest of right anybody else because they're from the Bay Area. So yeah, that's true. I think that's what it is, but I I could be wrong on that. But yeah, it is. And then for that new singer to come in and they just get propelled to an even bigger state because you could say that with Van Halen with ha- uh, Hagar. Yeah, true. Um. I didn't put them on. I thought about it, though, but there's been so many. I don't know if you did, so we can stop this discussion. Yeah, probably should. Okay. <laughs> it's a great choice. It is an excellent choice. 
I just think there needs to be more time, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> okay. All right. Go ahead. Well, I, I want to see every like as many of the accounts as you can because right now Dave would meddle too much. Yeah. And I think Sammy may or may not be hands off, but Dave is going to sp- somehow or the uh, the brother is going to really do a hatchet job on everybody not named Van Halen. Mm, and enough. I think there needs to be more time to be a little fair to all parties because it seems somewhat acrimonious. Anyway, it's an excellent choice. Trust me, I <laughs> agonized about not putting it on. Same. I felt that way about ACDC. If I was a little more into ACDC, I think I would. Oh, I love ACDC. Yeah. It's I meat like and potatoes, it. baby. Yeah, I've got, I know, I like seven of their songs. I have it on my iTunes. But to be, I think, to be able to speak about uh, them as a group, you have to, like, you really know their albums top to bottom, you know? And I don't, uh, just like I see young kids walking though, around. If you like seven together. songs, I mean, yeah. they don't deviate. So if you like those seven oh, songs, fair. technically on some level, fair. you like every song that they've ever done. You just like them <laughs> in varying degrees. That's a fair point. It's, it's, I'm telling you, it's meat and potatoes. They do the same thing every song, but they do it so fucking well that you don't, Bob I don't goo. care, personally. Bob 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 goo. Yeah, it is. It's a... Uh, <laughs> Um, all right. So then what's your eight? Uh, my number eight. Couldn't believe it landed this low. Mm. The Rolling Stones. Oh, okay. That's a little bit of a punt, but okay. I also have it in the back half of the list. So a little bit of a punt. I agree. I was a little surprised about where I put eight, uh, myself. So yeah, absolutely. Um, or I'll put, I'll put the stones rather. Uh, absolutely. So let's, let's save that one. All right. So then my mm-hmm. number 10, you might ding me for this one. But I felt like I could take the term band. Look at this explanation. And maybe <laughs> spread it out a little bit more to mean group. And so I'm going to say number 10, the Spice Girls. I would like to oh, see. Oh, I give you that. Yeah. Okay, sure. Thank you. I would like to see those uh, a, a biopic uh, of those women because, look, they came along at a time in the 90s when you didn't really have powerful girl groups. You had girl groups, certainly SWV and other uh, girl groups. Jade, I think there was another ones, but there weren't many pop girl groups. You had Vixen on the metal side or on the rock side, but there weren't that many that were exploding all over the world. And there was something about the message of the Spice Girls that really kind of transcended. Of course, they were huge in the gay community, huge with women, but also dudes uh, liked them as well. Straight dudes rather liked them as well. And I, I certainly was one of those. Dude, I sure. shit, I went to see Spice World for fuck's sake uh, at a dollar theater in Tallahassee. So it's like, you know, that you wow. go and enjoy. And I, I think thought you were the- going to say their tour called Spice World. I was like, <laughs> wow, I'm not going to knock it for it, man, if that's what you're into. Hey, man, you're into that. Yeah, it's like, uh, whatever. <laughs> it's, I mean, look, there's a reason it was that successful. It's quality music. Yeah. 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 It's well made. Um, but yeah, I, 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 you know, and I think they, they went through the changes and Jerry leaving and there was all that drama between Jerry and Scary Spice and, and then them all, oh shit, and then them all coming back together, uh, for their reunion tour, opening the Olympics later on in life. Uh, and then of course, Victoria doing so, so you can, you can follow them all into their separate worlds and it still works when they come back together as a group. So I think there's a lot to explore. What were the trials and tribulations of being an all-girl group that blew up that huge um, at, to the to rival any of the you know Backstreet Boys, In Sync, ba- uh, uh, New Kids on the Block kind of boy bands, and did their thing? And so I would have li- I would like to see a biopic, but you'd have to cast it correctly. You have to get the right director, uh, and you'd have to really explore these issues and don't fucking end everything with a girl power moment like. Let's give some real honest exploration of what happened here 
and they may end up at the end, like all unified and wishing each other, which I think they do now, but I'd like to see the messiness that happened after the fame. That could be fun to explore for self, myself personally. So. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, plus I may not listen to the music, but I yeah. know, I know the names I believe of all of them. Yeah. And I have an understanding of what their personality likes. The types are supposed to be within the, the dynamic of the, the group. Right. And they've been around long enough to where a few of them, like Mel and uh, uh, Victoria and whatnot, you have an understanding of who they are just because they've been in pop culture for longer. Yeah. But to see the behind the scenes would be really interesting. Yeah. 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 Okay. So then my uh, next one, my number nine is the Almond Brothers. Okay. Great choice. Yeah. I just... I always liked the Almond Brothers for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. One of those bands just kind of spoke to me. But then all the tragedy around the Almond Brothers is something to really explore, man. Something to really dive in deep on. Um, and I, I'd be curious to see how they do that. What, what's because you could tell like this could you could do three different. You do a trilogy on the Almond Brothers. You can tell feature film uh, story about them because there's so much that's involved uh, in terms of their formation when they become successful and then the plane accident, the plane crash and all these things that kind of shaped and uh, at times warped the group, uh, their multiple reunions later on in life. Mm-hmm. There's just so much to explore with the Allman brothers. Plus great fucking music, man. Great fucking music. Uh, oh yeah. To, to uh, enjoy as well. Yeah. I mean, they tried it once before and it's one of now the cinema histories, you know, it's part of the lore of the, mm the train bridge and the train coming through and they didn't clear yeah get the permits or whatever the case is because they tried to do a greg allman biopic yeah um that I, that's why i didn't put them on because i was like i don't think hollywood's going to be making that one anytime soon <laughs> it's just it's now it kind of seems almost cursed yeah of all right, the biopics wonder, to do right? just that's like we can do another point. one would yeah. the production team suffer like yeah, the, everybody, everybody, the studio, the production company, yeah. the actors, the right, everybody suffered because of that project. Yeah. It's, that left a deep scar. That's a fair point. So I fair think the point. almonds are persona non grata for a little while longer. Yeah. Yeah, because Greg was killed in a motorcycle accident. Um, and then a, and then their bassist was killed in a motorcycle accident a year later. Very open to that. Okay. Uh, and then uh, what the, they had, uh, they, tr- they tried to come back together. They changed some people over. Yeah, they brought in like Warren Haynes. Yeah, and they brought in Derek Trucks, who was the nephew of Derek the original Trucks. drummer. Yep. And that guy died of a self-inflicted gun wound in 2017. And Greg Allman died of complications from liver cancer in 2017. So, you know, you, you got all kinds of tragedy involved with these uh, with these Allman brothers, man. So I, I think it would be so interesting to explore that. Plus, you know, the whole uh, – I'm sure actors would kill to fucking – Wear the raw, the long beard and the long hair shit, and have a little fun. Oh yeah, well, yeah. yeah, music outlaw. Yeah, exactly. A music Who outlaw. Yeah, tons of people would jump at that. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So then, uh, my number eight is Chicago. Okay, because <laughs> I love Chicago for every iteration that's ever been created, from the original twenty-five or six to four. Uh-huh. Or, you know, uh, does anybody know what time it is? All the way to the singer who took over after Peter Cetera left. All the way to that, to the touring thing that they've got now. Uh, I've been a fan of Chicago. I've enjoyed their music. I've enjoyed mm-hmm. the scope. I love the, the, the fact they started that big band sound. 
then went into the kind of the soft rock era of Peter Cetera, and then went into the power ballad stuff after Peter Cetera left. I enjoy it. Plus, there's so many stories to tell of the drama and the tension and the frustration in this. In this, And they did a documentary, which I think was really good. I think it was out on Netflix that I thought was excellent. And so I would love to see a biopic on Chicago and all the different elements in the moving parts. Plus, having, I mean, having all those elements, all those uh, in, musicians be part of the band, Matt, mm-hmm. there's a shit ton of stories you can tell with all those guys, I think. Yeah, for years, Chicago to me was just adult rock like stuff. <laughs> my parents or their friends you. or people i knew because oh, i was a little kid and that's what chicago was making at that time right, right 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 and it wasn't until i was older that you go oh shit that's chicago as well yeah and then you look at their discography and you're like jesus these guys put out a lot of content yeah so it's unsurprising that maybe some of it didn't i'm i never like you can tell the musicianship is good yeah. in those songs that I'm not a big fan of. Like they, I may or may not like them now. I'd have to listen like on a case by case you know basis mm-hmm. um, to the you know soft rock shit that they were doing when I was a little kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you go back and listen to like there's such a wide array. Yeah, bringing in the horns, yeah. giving horns prominent features like within the songs. It's great though. It's perfect. Right. But yeah, 25 or 64 is a fantastic song. They've got yeah. quite a few that are just like that thing is flawless. I've started, uh, you know, about a couple of years ago, I think we've spoken about this, I bought a record player. So I, I don't buy, rec- you know, I don't have like a fucking shit ton, very selective of the records I buy. And I bought a, a printing of of that Chicago. And I, oh man, I was like, this is fucking great. Like you, when you have a good set, you can really hear the musicianship and and, and the uh, the um, talent of these mm-hmm. uh, people and in, in, in their instruments and, and how it comes through in the song. So, yeah. I just love it. And so I'm a massive fan of Chicago. As I said, I really enjoyed the documentary. You guys got to watch that if you haven't watched it. And I think it'd be fun to explore that. Plus, Peter Cetera probably be a dick the whole time and try to stop you from making the film, which yeah, adds publicity yeah, city to your film. So I think that's the way to go. Depends on who's <laughs> EP. Who's playing, yeah, who's playing I know that's a, the, <laughs> the one we're getting to of yours. It's just like, I really think there needs to be more time. No, fair. All right. Uh, what's your seven then? Uh, my seven. So mm. put it in the words of one of the members, it's for the children, <laughs> which is we're about okay. to enter the 36 chambers. My friend, I'd what? love to see a biopic of the Wu-Tang clan. We're including Wu-Tang. We're including rap groups. Okay. If you're including spice girls who okay. don't play a single instrument and just sing. All right. Band is I, I'm glad you went first with this because I thought I was going to have to fight you with it later on in the list. No, so I appreciate Because once you say band, it's like, yeah, yeah. yes, it means this, but it also, like, I yeah. would consider just for the purposes of this. Yes. It's a massive group. And they also, they produce their albums. Yes. RZA, I believe, is the one that produces all the albums. Well, at least he did 36 Chambers and he did their follow up. Uh, and I did, uh, I think, the bulk of the side projects that they did in between the release yeah. of 36 uh, and the next. Um, so it's like it's all in-house. It's all organic. They're doing all the work right. and then putting this art out into the world. If it was Drake showing up and he's collaborating on 12 of 14 tracks with somebody else, I'm saying lyrically-wise, like somebody else is coming in and giving – bars or singing or whatever the case is and then he has a producer on top of that yeah. and then somebody to make beats and it's like well, okay well what exactly are you doing here 
Right. Um, Good point. Good point. Whereas with the woo, baby, I just, I want to be there as, so it starts out as Riza Jizza and ODB. Sure, sure. And then from them, like just these young kids with the dream, and they slowly grow out and bring in this kung fu movie mystique, which, (laughs) where does that, there's such a genius thing to throw into the pot, like stir it up. That's awesome. It's a unique and it feels honest and authentic because it's so out of fucking left field and every one of you owns it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it really does feel like you guys used to go to the theater and watch these things. Like they seem like a big group of friends because they have this shared. (laughs) We're the woo. You guys seem like a big group of friends. Uh, Well, certain rap groups like look at straight out of Compton. They NWA never seemed like a group of friends to me. They seemed like four dudes. (laughs) Well, it's also because. Ice Cube split off so quick that it yeah. became a different animal entirely. But yeah. Uh, yeah, just to come up as these young kids through the New York scene, getting a little bit of buzz, building it out. And then their first album goes down as one of the greatest hip hop albums ever made oh. Yeah, out of the gate. Now they never, no album after that ever really achieved the heights, I think commercially yeah. or critically. But to have that kind of lasting impact and all these individuals and characters that have existed in our lives since then. Yeah. Um, You know, with Method Man going off and doing a bunch of acting, technically Red Man is Wu-Tang adjacent. Yeah. Uh, But uh, RZA going off and doing stuff with Quentin Tarantino and getting into directing um, ODB and his... Early, yeah, his early demise, but then the backstories of him, that dude was nuts. Like, have you ever seen the video uh, or interview with MTV News Mm. where they're with ODB? And mind you, he's selling albums. Yeah. And they go to the welfare office so he can pick up a check. (laughs) Knowing full well he's scamming the system. They show up and a a driver, like, is driving his car and he runs in and goes and gets his check and comes back out. MTV News is with him. Yeah. You're breaking laws on television. (laughs) Doesn't give a shit. Nope. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Old Dirty Bastard was a really interesting guy. I would love to know more about ODB. To me, he's the Dennis Rodman of the rap rap, uh, establishment. Sure. He's he's always good when you have him on your team, but he's super frustrating at the same time to have on your team. So, yeah. Or was he actually frustrating or was this just an act he did and it garnered more publicity for the band and for himself? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. I don't know. Yeah. The guys don't ever speak ill of ODB. I don't think I've ever seen an interview where no. they speak ill of ODB. So you might be right. Yeah. And one of the best quotes of all time, Wu-Tang is for the children. <laughs> don't. I can interpret they, interpret that so many different ways. That's fantastic. Good for you, ODB. Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang. Yeah. So I would yeah. love to see. Okay. I like that. It's a great choice. Um, all right. I'm glad you said that. Um, well, <laughs> if you love that, if you love my seven, yeah, what'd you buckle six? your seatbelts. All right. Number six, I flirted with putting them at five. Okay. It came very close. I was going back and forth with my okay. my five, six, but at six, I put Beastie Boys. That is a punt. Okay. So, that's a ridiculous number for it to be at, but all right. I respect that you have your own opinions on things. So I, I, um, go ahead. <laughs> my number seven because uh, I, like I said, I'm glad you went first. Is a public enemy. I thought about it. They're my number eleven, dude. I, I, I'm gonna tell you something. 
And I almost put Run DMC on my list. I was really, really close because, I mean, they're the godfathers of rap, man. And, and really, that to me was my entry point. Sure. But Public Enemy changed what rap could be for me. That the fact that it could be a message um, uh, medium, like it could, you could use rap to tell a message to people beyond just, you know, it's tough out here or, you know, um, I'm, I'm trying to be cool. It's all about me. This was, or let's have fun at the club and dance. This rap was something that opened my mind to so many things. Exploring the sound clips to find out what speech whoever they quoted is from, and then finding out about that person. I mean, they're the ones who introduced me to Malcolm X. Like I'd known about Malcolm X mm-hmm. from reading, you know, like in high school, you get taught a little bit about Malcolm X. But it wasn't until I heard Public Enemy like sample Malcolm X speeches that opened the door to me becoming a, a, a person who acquired a lot of knowledge about Malcolm X. Rarely do I, do I not watch a biography about Malcolm X or a documentary on Malcolm X because I'm just fascinated by it. And so Public Enemy woke that up in me. And then hearing the, the artistry of their ability to put songs together to get a message across but also entertain you at the same time with some great fucking beats and talking about society – talking about black on black relationships, talking about the black experience in America and in the world, talking about racism, talking about all that. It was incredible to listen to. Um, and did they tail off at the end? Yes, but you're not going to take away. Yeah. From a, when a comet burns that bright. Yeah. Yeah. There's like three or four albums in a row. Yeah. They're just like, every track was fucking great. So, I used yeah. to nonstop listen to, uh, I had fear of a black planet. Yeah, fear of a black planet is fucking I, great. The thing is, I I didn't, I understood that there were problems because mm-hmm. I was like, when did fear of a black planet come out? You know, I I don't even know if I was thirteen I yet. Yeah, ninety one or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm twelve going on thirteen mm-hmm. at that age. Uh, so I understood, but didn't really understand. I used to sing along to nine one one's a joke. Yeah, so hard, and then years later, really looked at the lyrics. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, uh, there's quite a bit of that where what I sang along to just because I mm-hmm. liked the words and whatnot because I was younger. And then you become educated to the message. Right. Once you have a little bit more wisdom. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were a tough cut. I just think that the ride of Woo and Beastie, I didn't, uh, is oh. more up and down or more mysterious to me or more. So I was like, ah, yeah. with Public Enemy to me, it's like this. Two album high arc, but if I'm going to go straight high arc, Wu Tang came out of nowhere and punched me in the mouth. Mm. Uh, okay. Just because I was more versed in hip hop at that point, and to get into something like that, it's like, what is this? Right. Uh, but that was just me. But dude, Public Enemy is an awesome selection. Yeah, I mean, yeah, make for a fascinating movie. I think so too. I mean, because of look, it, for me, it was takes it takes a nation of millions to hold us back then Fear of a Black Planet, then Apocalypse 91, The Enemy Strikes Black, and then Muse, Music at Our Message. That was basic. That's the four-run show. That's the four-run arc from them from 88 to 94. That's the arc, right? And, and you know, Music uh, music and Our Message, not as strong as the previous three, but still a strong album. But those three albums or CDs or whatever you want to call them, that was fucking eye-opening, you know? Fight the Power is still an anthem people play, Oh nowadays. yeah, nowadays nine one one is a joke. Is a great. That's a, a one you reference is, is is still so resonant. Night of Living Baseheads is still resonant. As we still have problems with drugs in in multiple communities. So so much about what they're talking about here is so 
great in exploring this stuff. And, it, you know, it was beyond, you know, gangster rap came a little bit after, like maybe a couple of years after that. And that was all about talking about what it's like on the West Coast, right? But I mm-hmm. still think Public Enemy and to a lesser extent, Karis One, BDP, Boogie Down Productions, they were talking about what it was like to be black in this country. Uh, whereas Gangster Rap was talking about what it was like to be black on the West Coast and fight with the police. They were talking about the overall experience, Public Enemy. And I appreciated that and love that about yeah. them. And, and the, wow. I mean, they're just the run of all three of those albums and then uh, was just great. You know, great, great stuff. And and then you add Chuck D versus Flavor Flav, which was always the classic thing with the lead singer versus essentially the lead guitarist. That's who Flavor Flav kind of is vocally. And so you have that battle that's been gone for ages in every band. Then you throw in the controversy of Professor Griff and his anti-Semitic Yeah, comments. that's the connection. Professor Fer- Griff is going to yeah. be. He's trouble. But then the connection of Farrakhan. So there's a lot here that would allow a biopic to have um, kind of classic um conflicts and struggles uh that would challenge a viewer that would make the biopic very very interesting so true yeah, yeah. um okay so where are we at what's next what number was that for you oh seven sorry so my number six is the rolling stones as i mentioned that oh, okay the, the, a little bit lower on the list yeah. yeah um but yeah i was surprised too man i thought it'd be higher but you know in the end i'm not the biggest rolling stones guy that being said though you can't deny that this is an incredible story to tell the fact that they're still fucking doing it at their ages and good and good. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Um, and the, you know, the drama on the back with, they just lost their, was it Ron Wood, the drummer or whatever? Yeah. It was. No, it's not Ron Wood. Charlie, Charlie Watts. Watts. Sorry. Charlie Watts. Yeah. They lost Charlie Watts. So, you know, Ron Wood he, just, <gasps> <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. Charlie Watts. But that could be the years of two pack a day or the heroin he used to shoot up. Shoot up so may not <laughs> have anything to do with you. Fair enough. Fair enough. But you got, you had so many, um, uh, battles between Keith Richards and uh, Mick Jagger and the, all of that to oh. explore, plus the great music for them generationally uh, doing it. So, yeah, I, I think that's the, I mean, they, that's a great choice. The amount of drugs that like Keith Richards said oh that God. the only reason he thinks he's still alive is because he had the money to buy the best heroin, the purest heroin. <laughs> so it was never stepped on anything. So that's why he's alive is because his drugs were so good. Could be the case. It helps. It helps. It could be the case. Yes, it does. As we just uh, had here in L.A. Yeah, I was just going to mention. I didn't know how to mention that. But yeah, very much so. People have to be aware of the shit they're taking, man. It could cause terrible, terrible repercussions, man. I smoked pot one time. uh, I don't even remember where we got it, but it was like Mm. a normal dude we got it from. Uh, It was back in the day before there were dispensaries and all that jazz. Right. But it was laced with something. And I fucking... (sighs) One of my friends just started running laps. Oh my God. We're out in this field. I went completely dizzy and had to put my head down and I couldn't do anything other than like, I just sat there with my mouth open, head down and <sighs> drool was coming out of my mouth. Like I didn't enjoy it at all. I have no fucking idea it was on that pot. It was terrible. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's yeah. the only time it was like, what the fuck did they, did you get? I remember it was Gary that got it. It's like, Gary, <laughs> what was the? I got it from the, you know, our friend, we always get it from. So <laughs> he didn't fucking know, obviously. But yeah, it was it was nuts. Uh, four of us smoked. We all had completely different reactions. None of yeah. us enjoyed it. Damn, dude. That's yeah, tough. it was fucking weird. But the uh, the one happened in L.A. I mean, oh man, just brutal, heartbreak. But yeah, the drug use alone from the Stones mm-hmm, mm-hmm, would have mm-hmm. been utterly legendary. I mean, they're the initial behind the music before 
they were oh, yeah. behind the musics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, if I respect, if I like them more as a band, I would have had them higher. So that's where I have them at six. So I just don't. I I think because they managed to stick together and whatnot, they didn't have as much turmoil as other bands. So I don't know that the movie right. would be as engaging for me. Or I know enough of their backstory now. Fair enough. I don't know enough of these others. So that's yeah. why it ends up at eight for me. Agreed. Like this, Drew says, damn it, Gary. Damn it. I know. <laughs> it was the worst, dude. We just sat there, head <laughs> at a picnic bench because we were out in this fielded area. And head down, man, and just my mouth was open. I could barely open my eyes and just drool <laughs> slowly dripping out. And I knew I was watching it. I was like, I don't even fucking care. <laughs> because this is the only place I can move right now where I don't feel nauseous or that the world is spinning. Uh, it was like, fucking uh, brutal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's pot I've too. I've never had trouble with pot. I mean, it's the only time ever. You heard like all the, oh yeah, I dip my blunts in formaldehyde, like in, in rap lyrics. Oh movies, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, true chronic is sprinkling cocaine on pot and all that stuff. I've never done any of that. It's just like, yeah. I'm, pot's good enough for me. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good with that. You enjoy your other thing. That's fine. I'm tagging out. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, don't kill yourself. That's all I ask. Have go, you know, party as hard as you can, but just don't right. fucking kill yourself. <laughs> um, all right. So uh we should take a quick break, Matt. Uh um, yes, we should before we jump into our top fives and hear from our sponsors. All right, welcome back everybody to the show. Thank you so much uh for uh staying on the train here, the top ten train. We're moving into our top five, Matt. What do you got at five? My five is Guns N' Roses. Oh, go ahead, man. You want to talk about turmoil? No you shit. You want to talk about diva? <laughs> just, just to see Axel come thrashing in through there and everybody having to deal with it, I'm assuming they're on somewhat pins and needles because it just seems so erratic, and he still does to this day. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, now showing up to concerts legitimately two hours late. Yeah. To you know, making people sit around till midnight before he's willing to come out and perform type of ego diva bullshit, which started with them. Just this kid from Indiana showing up to Hollywood with big rock and roll dreams, and they managed to pull it off and yeah. slash uh where we play basketball, I believe, is where he went to middle school. Oh wow. Okay. Um uh, pretty sure I heard that. So there's a whole bunch of people that go, like, oh, yeah, they went here too. It's just because it's in the middle of Hollywood. Right. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. For a while there, we played at the bat the the high school that DiCaprio went to. Apparently, oh, it's up in Los Feliz, you know, up on the hill, kind of ish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, south yeah, yeah. of Franklin, um, but on right off Griffith Park. So if you're driving down to like that Trader Joe's or the the supermarket, it's right mm-hmm. there. I I've heard of from a few different people. Oh yeah, DiCaprio went there. Here's a crazy one. I believe it's Mike Holmgren grew up two blocks from there. Wow. Okay. I saw the, I think it was in Super Bowl coverage for Casey's first Super Bowl where he's like, right. I think it was Mike Holmgren. Uh, anyway, doesn't fucking matter. Cool. Um, but Guns N' Roses, I just think that, I mean, first album becomes one of the best hard rock slash heavy metal albums mm-hmm. ever released. Yeah, Time for Destruction. <laughs> and then they managed to close it out with Usual Illusion 1 and 2, and I think that's really where the band ends. But they're... I mean, just hype to the biggest band in the world. Yeah. yeah. For you want to talk about a comet that just burned too brightly uh, and just frayed all fucking relationships amongst all of them. <laughs> and they just obliterated into he now has the name 
Slash and Duff McKagan and other guys go out together and still do what are they? Backing band for Slash's Snake Pit for a while, but Velvet Revolver with uh, oh yeah, Wyland, right? Scott Wyland, yeah, yeah. Before he OD'd, um, fucking hell. I, I don't know. They're just I love the backstories. Plus, Sunset Strip in the eighties. Oh yeah. To me, you know, Poison was always always to me seemed like they wanted to be Motley Crue, and Motley Crue to me always seemed like they wanted the legitimacy. Of Guns N' Roses and Guns N' Roses just seemed like they said, I don't give a fuck about either of the two of you. <laughs> and that's why I like Guns N' Roses the best. <laughs> well, it's crazy to think about because Appetite for Destruction came out in 87, the late 80s. That's hard to think about. Like Debbie Gibson, new kids on the block at the same time as Guns N' Roses. Uh, and, you know, there's that kind of uh, while they're doing their thing, there's the boy band thing. And then Nirvana kind of picks it up after Guns N' Roses goes away. Nirvana picks it up as being the greatest or the biggest band in the world. Oh, yeah, that's what all the hair metal bands say killed grunge was, or, I mean, killed them was grunge. Yeah, exactly. It absolutely took over. But and, Guns N' Roses was done long before then. Yeah, yeah. But, dude, I mean, that's a great selection. I The the drama between Slash and I think Axel, Axel in the world. Yeah, and then the drummer who was kicked out, you know, the, yep. the drug stuff, you know, could explore that. Even, I mean, Think about that. Yeah, how, you have how much drugs do you have to do to kick kick exactly a, a rock? The, the same joke we all think of, but it's yeah. the it's the, the reason we all think of it first is like, dude, how bad are yeah. you? Yeah, how bad are you? Yeah, when it's, all I know about these dudes is they're all partying pretty fucking hard. Yeah, and being divas. So, yeah, man. and being assholes to each right. other, and right, like when you watch uh, uh, that that really mediocre rock star from Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah. I'm not knocking him for it. It just, I actually thought that there was a chance that thing could be good mm-hmm. and it's fine. Mm-hmm. And I think that's me being nice too. Yeah. It's okay. Sure. But it's got elements where like uh, he goes backstage at one point and sees uh, the blood transfusion that one of yeah. the band members is doing just because he's partied so fucking hard. And I would not be surprised if there's more than one individual oh, yeah. that had to have a regimen like that at some point. No shit. No shit. Um, yeah. Push an excess and you're young oh yeah dude but for them to go oh this dude right right and they're all looking around as drug addicts going <laughs> right as drug addicts full on there's no way to cherry you know uh, sugarcoat that it's your fucking drug addicts and the drug addicts drug addict and they're like that's a pro- that dude is a problem i <laughs> like, like I, party. Know, I, I know we're bad but <laughs> yeah he was trying to do lines off the baby as it was getting baptized. Like, oh my God. This, this guy's off the fucking rails. Uh, it's too much. It's all too much. It's too much, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, no, that's my five. That's a great five, dude. Absolutely. It's a fucking great five. Uh, my five is finally we've arrived at Van Halen. Yeah, five is my Van Halen. Just a slight punch. It's an there. excellent choice. I, I just think, you know, the David Lee Roth years, him and Eddie battling all the time. Um, he, uh, you know, in essence, uh, David, I will say one other thing before we leave the Guns N' Roses conversation. Uh, Patience is the greatest ballad any rock person has ever done, oh, any rock me? band has ever done. I've been walking opinion. the street at night. It's great. great. Oh, fucking great. From beginning, I thought come, nothing was ever going to be coming home because I fucking love coming home for Motley Crue. And then, and even every rose has a thorn. A thorn is good, but that patience is fucking next level stellar. Yeah, for a ballad from. A I think the band. difference is patience feels honest. Yes, like they right. wrote that from a real place. Yeah, 
And Cruise feels close to that, but it also has like a little bit too much studio manipulation. Yes, it does. It's a little, it's, it gets a little schmaltzy. It does a little bit. Just a little and bit. then <laughs> every rose has its thorn is yeah. the cookie cutter version. That's that's poison overreaching. Yeah, a little bit. It's, it's poison. But it's poison is just cookie cutter. Oh, you like this type of song? Well, we put out three of the exact same song, and they were all the uh, hits, but they're the exact same fucking song. <laughs> I defy like you can. Yes, they're technically different mm-hmm. words, but mm-hmm. it's the same song. Yeah, I don't like November. I know people like November Rain. That's not it for me. Patience. That's the one. Period. Period. Uh, I, I like November Rain, I but it, you also have to take into account the height of all of their egos yes to understand how something like this gets made and we all bought into the pretension yeah yeah i still like november rain for that but i understand if you look back and be like it's super schmaltz it's a meatloaf song for god's sake oh Um, it's 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 armageddon in a music video (laughs) yes when it slashes out in the rain playing in the rain it's fucking it's utterly ridiculous (laughs) The wind yeah. machine on Axel's, I love it. His shirt flies open, and he has the build of a 12-year-old boy. So it makes yeah. no fucking difference, dude. You should really put some padding in there. The 90s excess. Yeah. But uh, he was, you know, with Stephanie yeah. Seymour, and he was the oh. most, uh, I try Like, it's just a weird hodgepodge. That woman is still fine, man. I don't care. Yeah. But I do love Live and Let Die. Yeah, Live and Let, their version is good. I don't yeah. disagree with most you, Most people, I, I know some people that just, adamantly hate it no no it's good i i think it's great it's tough to remake that song uh it's tough to remake any mccartney beatles song honestly yeah uh but to to do that one the way he they did it and i think it totally works i agree with you a thousand percent yeah um all right so van halen uh just as i said at the beginning with him and eddie then transitioning to sammy and arguably becoming even more famous even bigger yeah. but losing some of that original rock kind of foundation of what made them um and then david lee coming back for that stilted return uh and then the drama between him and alex van halen the drummer and then them kicking george michael out or is that his name george michael i think or michael anthony no no, it's not that uh oh fuck man isn't it michael anthony or something like that yeah michael anthony yeah them kicking him out so that they could keep going and bringing on eddie's kids and yeah Solely to bring on Eddie's kid. Yeah. And so to me, there's a lot of fucking interpersonal drama here to explore and navigate with these. And we can agree that the Gary Sharon character is only going to be in for like one scene. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, this is our new lead singer, Gary. What's up, Gary? And And, uh, he's just walk in and walk right on out. (laughs) Exactly. All right, dude. Well, see you later. Yep. He just walks right the fuck out. I just think. Yeah. At this point, like Roth will publicly damn the film unless he gets like Chris Hemsworth or something, something ridiculous to play him. Right. But I want to know when the first time he shows up to a concert with a sword, (laughs) David Lee Roth, do the other members go, what the fuck? He's going to swing us. I send to Ellis gifts of David Lee Roth high kicks. (laughs) It's just. He'll text me something, and if it's in a positive or any kind of, I can use that as an exclamation point. Yeah, I find a gif of David Lee Roth doing a high kick. Um, <laughs> after the last tour, that when Ellis went to see him, and uh, he, I heard, you know, found out that he went, and I was like, "How majestic were the high kicks?" 
and I heard he's spinning a flag, like he's waving a flag on stage, and he's like, oh, dude, the flag God. is majestic. <laughs> like, yeah, you take the good with the bad with David Lee Roth. It's just such yeah. a very specific front man. Yes. And for Someone, a while I, there. I would argue he's you could argue, I think he's in the list of top front men ever. Like ever. Um, I think who, quintessential front men, you know. I think he makes the list of the best and the worst. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. But there was a discussion at one point where he was, when I was young, he's I mean, the greatest front man in rock. Dude, he literally could have fucked 40 women a night, man. He's just like one of these guys that could have done it. At the his popularity was so sky Do you, high. When he, he, they all showed up together at the VMAs? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, was it Eddie that had the overalls on and mm-hmm. Dave had like a, this, this, pink knit shirt with a white beret i believe and i just remember there's like all these like they're fucking really going for it yeah yeah uh i gotta look that up van halen it's a Crazy. vma reunion see what that looks like see what i'm remembering <laughs> right plus there's great music throughout for numerous decades through the 70s 80s and 90s so yeah great stuff although pound cake can go right off a cliff i fucking hate that song ellis tries to defend Actually, that I, song I, to me all i the don't time. mind pound cake oh uh, oh. for unlawful carnal knowledge, I got a soft spot in my heart for that. That <laughs> okay, so Eddie's got white painter's bibs on and no t shirt. Okay, and at this point, looking at his age, he appears, to, I would guess, to be 44. Oof, maybe 42. Well, he could also be 38, but he's been living in the sun and drinking and partying, right? But they all look like it. But you should have a shirt on, Ed. <laughs> and David Lee Roth is an open collar but it's unbuttoned down to you know lower mid chest which fine rock star let's take a look let's take a look as you're talking about it yeah i'm gonna bring it up for people who are watching us there you go michael anthony looks like michael anthony yeah with his uh fucking shirt he got at target yeah yeah uh his brother whose name i always Alex. alex alex thank you looks like he finished selling drugs he does. And running his drug cartel before he came to the fucking He looks like Michael Douglas's shady friend in Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> like the dude that gets the stepped on coke. That's what he looks like. And David Lee Roth looks like a perm gone bad. It's a weird look. It is. No lie. 96. Look at that. Yes. But I was, I was jacked for that. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and that was even a better picture. The, uh, the angle that I've got is Eddie from the side. Oh. Not good. No. Put a shirt on, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, all right, let's keep going. What's your four, man? Uh, My four is Nirvana. Oh, yeah. Okay, go ahead, man. Go ahead. The out of left field to become the voice Mm. of your generation. Yeah, yeah. And seemingly three guys that didn't really have that goal in mind. Uh, No. I, not at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It didn't. In no way did they seem like they were purely motivated by being the best of all time. Right. Uh, it is just by happenstance that during their time, everybody really vibed with what they were doing. Yeah. And the rise and then just utterly immediate finality to the group. Yep. Was something that I felt about a, a younger generation. It's the same song and dances of countless other bands but having lived through it i remember being at school the next day and mm. people started in with sharpies writing kurt on lockers yeah 
So they had to be painted over at the end of the year, but it just said Kurt on a bunch of lockers. Wow. For the rest of the year. Cause it was just like, it showed up the next day and you're like, man, Kurt Cobain killed himself yesterday. Yeah. And then just Nirvana, or at least we found out about it. And Nirvana just ceased to exist. And they've been a huge part of my life mm. for quite a while at that point. Wow. Uh, amongst a whole bunch of other bands, but they ushered in, you know, Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, and f- five or six other bands that I listened to a ton. Yeah. Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, yeah. Like just this right. wave yeah. of music that I got stuck on for the next, you know, four or five years. Oh, yeah. Seven Mary Three, Candlebox, all through that shit. Yeah. They had like songs. I never bought I'm, I'm saying they're part of the grunge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Screaming Trees. Like Screaming we, trees. we keep going yeah. deeper and deeper. Sonic Youth. It does. <laughs> yeah, uh, Soul Asylum, Runaway Train, Soul, Soul Asylum. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that yeah. now we're getting into yeah, <laughs> but it's all part of. And it became, oh, excuse me, it, excuse me. Well, I'm saying it cascaded <laughs> the '90s in a different direction from the yeah. hair metal band '80s of leading popular rock music. Because then you end up with yeah. like Counting Crows and Google Dolls and a bunch of other stuff down yeah. the line. Uh, That's what's getting watered down as it goes forward. A little bit, and then more pop music. It's ebb and flow. Yeah, yeah. R and B and hip hop started to sell, uh, and rap started to sell more albums, so they became more of a yeah. cultural force. Tupac. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yep. It's just, and then th- that shit shifts, and now I don't have the slightest clue because, unless an artist is very specifically bubbling up to my level, it's yeah. tough because there's so many people now. It occurred to me the other day as I was driving, and this is an old man moment. As I was driving, I was like, you know, if I never hear another new song, I'm good. For the rest of my life, I'm good. I got plenty of music to entertain me till the end of time. Yeah. Plus, there's other tons of bands that I still haven't listened yeah. to as much as I should have. Right. Exactly. There's still more to explore. So, yeah. And I never felt that way before. And I was just like, this is such a weird feeling. <laughs> such a weird feeling. I was like, you know what? I've hit my level. I've hit my limit. I'm good. I'm going to go back from here. I'm all right. Um, but yeah. I mean, I also don't oh, know where to start. Right. I usually what I used to do the last few years until the last couple of years was at the end of the year, if I hadn't heard the song. So I'd go on Amazon and Amazon has the top 100 songs mm-hmm. and you can hit the MP3 and play like 30 seconds of it. And that gives you an idea of whether you are gonna like the song or not. So that's what I used to do. And then I'd be like, OK, I like it. Then I'd go and find it. Let's do it on YouTube. Go, OK, I like the song. I'll, I'll add it to my library. Um, but the last two years, I haven't felt an inclination or a desire to do so. Um, cause I'm more like, all right, y'all take it from here, man. I'm good. I had a great, a nice run, knock yourselves out. And just like you, unless it bubbles up to the surface, like, uh, the Shang-Chi soundtrack, there's some really fucking great songs on that soundtrack. So when I was okay. watching the movie again, the other night, I was like, oh man, this is good shit. I got to find this shit. Or like that sunflower song from spider verse that got into my head. I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh yeah. That, I'm what's that up song. danger. Well, yeah. What's up danger. Right. Exactly. Another one was good. Yeah. So. Every once in a while, this shit pops up, but you're right. Yeah. It's not, it's not, you know. Well, doing that hundred list though, you're getting to get a preponderance of pop songs. Yeah. And it's, it's some country and some have. Yeah. Some but the country battle. songs are now pop songs. Right. And the rock songs are now pop songs. So it's a lot of, the, the, you know, there's a mm-hmm. reason it's successful, su- successful, but it's right. a formula. Yeah. Yeah. It's tougher than when I say, I don't know where to begin. It's like, I don't know where to find not to sound like an asshole, but real artists yeah. where I, I want to, I want the whole album. I don't want the, the one or two singles that are right. excellent. I hear you. I want to sit with a full album and it's yeah. tougher to find like, Oh, I fucking love that dude's full album. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It is tougher to find. Yeah, it is. But I also don't search for it anymore. I think the yeah. last one I found was a, a country artist, Tyler Childers. Mm, okay. All right. 
Um, Stapleton's good too. I like Chris Stapleton. Um, yeah, I've never listened. I don't know. Yeah, with Nirvana, there's all the drama around his death too that you can explore. The stuff with Courtney Love, you can explore. Yeah. Um, what drove him to? Why? Why right. did he feel he needed to go to that place? Right. And and I think too, Matt, if he hadn't. I don't think people would revere. He's like the James Dean of rock and roll. Like, I don't think people yeah. would revere Nirvana as much if Nirvana had started, had kept coming out with albums and maybe getting worse and worse, or God forbid, did a pop metal song and whatever, like just completely shattered yeah. their image. So this way, in a way, Kurt, and I'm not advocating or you know saying he did the right thing, in a way, by committing suicide, he purposely kept... Or indirectly, yeah, uh, Nirvana in this time capsule. And you never got to see them become Fat Elvis or Fat Brando. It became what it was. Yeah, I think they would, to some degree, I think they'd become the cure. Yeah, or break up, because clearly Dave Grohl was an alpha dog sitting as a beta to... uh, to, uh, to Kurt Cobain's alpha in that group. Clearly Dave was you know, ready to no. kind of spread his wings as well. Would he have stayed with the group? Who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, by the cure, it's just like, it, it doesn't have the same effect because it's made for teenagers. Yeah. And right. Young adults. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's, you're capturing a mood, which is what Nirvana did like this yeah. desperate trying to find my way in the world. Right. Nothing was the, the fairy tale that I was sold. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to see a 50 year old? No, nah, that's the thing. Do you know? It looks sad no. at that point. It's like Eminem. I was like, just stop rapping, man. You're getting to that point. To me, he's getting close to that point where, like, just stop, dude. Well, just there are there are the no old rappers. <laughs> I don't know. There really aren't. I mean, I, I think you can select that are successful. Come back. You mean? Yeah, yeah. That's true. yeah, that's true. I think you have to dark night it. Because <laughs> the rap is about like you know the masculine persona and whatnot. Yeah. Well, at least the artists that are of that age now. So if right. they come back, they kind of need to be like this grizzled old man type of thing. Yeah, yeah, rapping about that shit. Yeah, yeah. Will they? Will that actually, or will right. it still be talking about things that we know damn well you don't do anymore? Right, right. But I, Eminem still finds slights at the smallest things. Yeah, and then we'll go after people, and it's good fodder, and it's good for both of their careers. Yeah, so. the back and forth with him and Machine Gun Kelly a year or two ago was fucking mm-hmm. excellent. So yeah, you're right. Um, oh, that was your four. So then my four is Pink Floyd. That's a punt. Okay, fair. All right. What's your three? Uh, my three is Led Zeppelin. That's my three. Led. Nice. Finally, some commonality uh, other than the one. Well, there's a lot of bands. Yeah, there are. A lot, and there are a lot of bands. Different musical tastes. Yeah. Led. Uh, so much here, man. Yeah, there's a ton there. Um, a million tour stories whether yes. or not some of those would ever make celluloid i highly doubt it <laughs> there's one in particular that I'm thinking of was one of the more notorious and whether or not it happens no one knows but the lore lives on yes uh but then like uh there's great stories uh the andas that's right next to the comedy store they mm. stayed there and they were like that was one of the ones where they threw a bunch of furniture out the window and it was <laughs> the top but they were raising hell there and the backstory of them being the new Yardbirds and eventually mm-hmm. changing their name and becoming Led Zeppelin. And the first album comes out and critics think it's utterly derivative 
and it's nothing of merit. And the general public said, fuck that and bought the living hell out of that album. And the next album while they recorded it while they were on tour was even bigger than the first album. And they've just become much to most critics chagrin for a long time, which is crazy to me because I'm mind blown to me. Yeah. I wasn't around. And by the time I like, I didn't, thankfully I didn't really listen to Zeppelin until I was in high school. Yeah. Uh, which is perfect because any younger I would have enjoyed it, but not real. Like it's made for. Yeah. You get into it at like 16 yeah. Zeppelin's, you know, you start smoking pot and put on a Zeppelin <laughs> album. And I did that quite a bit amongst a, a bunch of other bands. Yeah, yeah, but to think that critics resoundingly thought that they were mediocre. Yeah. So I uh, uh, like unfathomable to me. It's crazy to think about. It, it is. But every album they put out for like first four, maybe five albums yeah. did better than the last. And just they kept having the biggest tours in the world, number one albums. Mm-hmm. And it was just all stuff that I think is timeless, at least for me. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. They're incredible. And, you know, you can't deny uh, a Robert Plant. You can't deny Jimmy Page. You can't deny those guys. What yeah, John Bonham. John uh, Bonham. Yeah, yeah, and the tragedy of Bonham dying. Yeah, young Bonham well. dying of alcohol. Uh, right. Be asphyxiated on his own vomit. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's so much to explore here, and there weren't. I mean, I, I imagine there's battles, but it's more about this. Would be more about the musicianship, and like you said, the mind blowing nature of critics coming after them while they're creating some of the greatest music that you're ever going to hear in that particular genre of music like their ballads and their you know uh hard rock songs all of them uh are classics i mean stairway to heaven is like fucking it's a it's a it's overrated i got you yeah but it's a punchline but yet it's still a phenomenal fucking song you know um i I, even the simple like over the hills and far away or or over the hills and far away is could right? be my favorite of theirs. Yeah, and even the blues stuff. Like, I'm going to leave you, woman. Like, fucking every one of those albums has incredible music throughout. You know, um, before I, I mean, started... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. They managed to use the lyric... Yeah. Squeeze the lemon till the juice runs <laughs> down my leg, and it doesn't corrupt the integrity of the song for me in yeah. the slightest. Yes, agree. So ridiculous fucking lyric. Yes, we know what you're saying. You could have been a little more subtle, guys. Uh, <laughs> but still yeah. works. Yeah, but then their rise, and there's a band that Bonham dies, and they put out a letter saying, we're done, and they just sign it, Led Zeppelin. It's not the individual members. They're just right. saying the group is finished. They've gotten together like a couple different times over yes. the past 30, 40 years. Yep. And I think that's perfect. Yeah. As much as I would love to have seen a Zeppelin reunion tour and I would have overpaid to go and see it. Yeah. Um, I really respect their decision to say, you know what? No, because this was four people. We are a band and that band is no longer whole. Just like yeah. the band that we have a punt from you earlier. Yeah. 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 I would love another album from them, be able to see them in concert. I never got to. And uh, yeah, it's a regret yeah. I have to this day. I, f- I felt this way. When I was like over the weekend, uh, uh, my girlfriend and I were driving in the car and we're s- switching channels and stuff on Sirius and TLC is hosting on the 90s channel. Right. And I said to her, I said, they can't call themselves TLC anymore. She goes, why not? I go, because L 
of the TLC is dead. Yeah. So to me, they're TC or CT. They cannot be TLC. Do you know what and they're I doing? respect bands who go, you know what? We're done. If this person isn't part of us anymore, we're not that band anymore. It's over. I, I have such a respect for that. And especially because they were the biggest band in the motherfucking world in the mid 70s. They were huge, as you, you said, mean, Matt, one on top of the other. And they could have just. Oh, talking kept about Zeppelin going. now? Yeah, Zeppelin yeah, now. Yeah, so I think you're still talking about TLC. No, no, no. Like they Sevens. could have kept going, right? Zeppelin, but they cut it after about. After, uh, and, and the other one we're going to get to as well. They don't call themselves that anymore. Well, they don't and perform I, it all anymore. That's what I'm saying. They don't perform. Yeah, exactly. So to me, there's a respect to that. Holding on to that name is, I think it's low level shit. I think it's like, you know what? We're too nervous yes. to be on our own and use our own name. So I we have to think, trade in on this. I don't think it's that at all. I think it's Zeppelin and Beasties sold enough albums for a long enough period of time and still yeah. do that there's no financial issues. Whereas TLC, if they don't keep that name out there, they only had like legitimately two, maybe three yeah. really, truly big songs. Yeah. Waterfalls. Yeah. But do they have album sales yeah. to sustain the members to this day? Right. I don't right. know. So maybe yeah. being out there helps promote more. James Petty says it was like Queen replacing Freddie Mercury with Adam Lambert. Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. work. But that was also work. decades later. Yeah, true, true. Had they turned around and had the the Lambert of their day do it, utterly mm-hmm. different to me. And then it's just like, ah, you know, it's like replacing yeah. Sammy or replacing Dave with Sammy. Yeah, right. At that point. It's, it's um, never sounded the same. Van Halen never sounded the same. Like after Roth left, this never did. No, they, they never I, felt hard rock to me anymore. Yeah, I don't compare the two eras. <sighs> Smart. Well, it just they they are two different bands that exist within the same band. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah, they two are. They're utterly different. different sounds. They yeah. are. They're different yeah. sounds. They have a different identity entirely. A presentation because Roth True. is one way and Hagar is with another. The yeah. musicality they shifted dramatically on yeah. OU812. Yeah. Um, to, they were still them, but n- there was more of a polished type of feel as, as opposed yeah. to the raw of the earlier, to me. But yeah. we might want to ask Ellis because, you know, he's lived with this band more than both of us. That's too close to it, man. Like maybe. Maybe. Can't see the forest for the trees. I like our opinions. <laughs> um, yeah, but I def- yeah, I, I, I hear you. defer to somebody that's lived with it longer. It's just like, yeah, yeah true. but you've spent more time, so that's that's fine with me that your opinion means more. Um, yeah, but but I'm trying to look at the songs, right? For Zach, for fucking Zach, Black Dog, Jesus Christ, there's so many, dude, there's so many, whole lot of love, whole lot of love, rock and roll, yeah, Uh, um, yeah, like over the hills, far away, like I said, Cashmere, Zendaya, what was it? What's the one, Donya Maker, Donya Maker? That's a fucking great song. Uh, let's see, swinging from the gallows pole, yes, um, right. Oh, that might have just been on that live acoustic one, was it? Um, uh, which is an excellent album. They did it for MTV. Good, t- yeah, babe. I'm gonna leave you. Yeah, d- you, you should. Yeah, good be. times, bad times. Yes, dazed and confused. Yeah, uh, dazed and confused isn't. I I can't quit you, baby. That's a fucking awesome song. That's the first album. Okay, then there's two, and two is whole lot of love. The Lemon Song, as you said, mm-hmm. Heartbreaker, which is fucking excellent. Um, <sighs> the beginning of Heartbreaker sucks. You don't like it? All right. That beam. 
It doesn't, there's no time signature to that entire intro. Not a fucking, you can't assign a fucking beat structure to that. So it kills me about Jimmy Page, man. He is one of the best songwriters of all times. And every once again, a solo of his just destroys me. And you're like, why does this exist? Yeah, the opening of Heartbreaker is one of the most brutal things to me. Okay, fair enough. All of music. But then we moved to Zeppelin 3, and you've got Immigrant Song, which they fucking used perfectly in Thor Ragnarok. It's great, that song. But think about it. They wrote two while they're on the road touring nonstop. In like a year to a year and a half time, they did four, technically four separate tours apiece in the U.S. and Europe. They just did a batch of shows over here, and then went straight over there and did a batch of shows, and then came back, and just nonstop. And they recorded it while they're here in the States every time. And they put out a fucking crud. And then they went off to a cottage in the middle of bumfuck nowhere in England <laughs> and wrote most of the songs for three and four. Yeah. And that's also why it gets into this like uh, Lord of the Rings type of Moorish. Because <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, that's the environment they were in when they were writing that shit. As opposed to more of the rock and roll bluesy <laughs> stuff when they're on that's the road. True. Yeah. True. But it fucking works. Yeah. Three is Since I've Been Loving You. As just mentioned, Gallows Paul. Tangerine's on three. So, okay. right. And then what and then what they, they did an untitled album which is led zeppelin four in essence that's the i have that on l i have that as an lp black dogs on that rock and rolls on that stairway to heavens on that so their fourth album elicits like the classic greatest song of theirs overall stairway to heaven or the most memorable or no well known i guess going to california which is some people don't give going to California the proper credit. That is a fucking great song. Mm, when the levee breaks. So yeah. Yeah. Great when the levee breaks is awesome. Fucking hell. Great. They stuff. got a ton, man. Yeah, dude. And still did four or five more albums after that up until Coda in 82. So just fucking stellar, man. Oh, anyway. Um, all right. All right so that's collective three. three. That is clearly maybe should have been our one. All right. What's your two? Uh, my deuce is the Beatles. I, I I have seen so many that I kept it off my list because I'm okay. like, there well, have I been, but I totally respect you putting it Has off. there I been a, we cast all the actors, like A-level actors? No, no. And we Backbeat do a, is the best one. It's the yeah. closest one. Yeah. I but Trust me, I thought about keeping them off, assuming yeah. they'd be your number one. No, no, no. But then I was like, ah, can you really keep the Beatles off of this? I, I don't think they have as much of the intrigue to me as my number one, which is the punt from you earlier mm-hmm. because of all the shifting dynamics and the craziness behind the scenes with that other band but with the beatles to go from what you could look at it you know what i think it's gladwell references in ten thousand hours of them yeah. going over to germany and just churning out live show after live show after live show and then coming and putting out an album that makes them in a world that didn't really have an understanding of what pop stardom could really be like yeah yeah they became the first when john lennon says we're more famous than jesus yeah in hindsight, looking back at it on some level, I kind of feel like he was right. I, I do too, bro. Looking back on it on in, in with our eyes now of the more modern interpretation of religion and its effect on people, a thousand percent they were more popular than Jesus. Um, and I know that irritated a bunch of the religious right at the time. It still probably does if you were to say it. And and now, it's understandable. Crazy. But he was actually telling you the truth that amongst the youth, 
which which was more populous than the than the older generation, they were more popular than Jesus, and well, that's what he was saying. I think it also. I always took it to mean they're more universal because they cross all religious religions. Probably true. Probably true as well. Yeah. Um, so they're more, you know, pervasive. It's easier to say, oh, I'm a fan of such and such because yeah. it doesn't violate any of the tenets of who you are. Look, any top mus- musical act is going to be more popular than Jesus. I hate to break it to you. That's how it works, especially if it's global. That's just how it works. So because, like you said, not every country is adherent to the religion of one thing or another. So you got to factor that in. You know what I'm saying? So to me, that's what I mean. You know, and, and, and also the term popular does not mean well-known. The term popular means uh, positive, like positive connotation to that. So just throw uh, it out there. Yeah. This um, isn't a condemnation of whatever you may or may not believe. This is absolutely not a discussion a of a quote. Yeah. I'm a Christian. And I'm saying that I believe in Jesus Christ and I'm saying that. So, you know, don't come, don't fucking come for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, but, but the intrigue back, I mean, the Pete best stuff is stuff to explore. Um, uh, you know, with Ringo and him. Oh yeah. The, the Yoko Ono stuff, uh, is stuff to yeah, the, explore the coming battles, in the band. Yeah. Kind the of battles limp. between Paul and John is stuff to explore this all. Do there. you end it when John yes. gets killed? You end or it, do you end it when they split. I think you end it when they split. Really? No, because the band is not over till he's dead. Because it is because people wanted them to get back together. They almost got together True. in the mid '70s. So the idea of them getting back together was still in play for all four of them. So, but it never came to fruition. No, so the band came. ceased to exist when they do that because that rooftop concert is a beautiful send off. Oh my god. So good. And I think so it would good. give you the right chills to close mm-hmm. the movie of, look, we, you all know the Beatles, but this was the last thing they ever did together. Oh, uh, maybe. This like the last time we concert. saw them. Yeah, yeah. The last time you ever saw them in public as a band. Mm. And it's personally, I love the fact that it's this unannounced thing. Yeah. And they really were just about putting music out into the world. So they wanted to do it one more time together and the people below get to enjoy it and they're going to film it and put it out but they're not doing a big spectacle. They don't need to be patted on the back. Fucking police. Yeah. 22. I love all you guys. I'll miss you, but it's I'm only done. 22 minutes, Matt. Fucking police. God damn it, dude. Yep. But they could have gone for makes it even better. Yeah, you're right. Right. That's a great point. That's it, perfect. Rock and roll. It is it got everything about it. It's like this. Yeah. How could you, you knew who the fucking Beatles were like, yeah. And whether or not those guys owned up to it all those years later, like yeah. throughout the, they had to carry that shit. Yeah. Didn't you break up the Beatles in their last concert? Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, did you break up the yeah. Beatles in their last fucking concert? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, that's a great point, Matt. I never looked at it that way, that actually it's it's great that it was cut off because it makes it even more precious. So, yeah, it's a great point. Uh, and the new Abbey Road um, five-disker that's coming out in celebration of the Peter Jackson, a documentary is coming out in October. God, I can't fucking wait to watch that. Fucking ridiculous. It, it's five albums. But it has also the HD remastered uh, version of the rooftop concert. So of in the purest, purest uh, audiovisual uh, way, you can watch that concert. So very exciting for me, at least. I like it. I like it. And the best part is they're one of the few bands that could put out a five disc. Yes. Because of one album. Well, but they have... The last vestiges of a generation that still buys physical media like ah, that. Good point. True, true. Good point. Yes. So 
nobody else is doing this but the yeah. Beatles because they're the Beatles. Yeah. I texted Scott Mance and I said, did you see this? And he goes, take my money. Take my money. Because it's, like it's a thing. They already bucks. own it. Yeah. Got to have. Yeah. Yeah. I bought them all. I bought every single one of their albums that they republished the last two years on 180 gram or whatever. Bought them all. They were 20 bucks. It's 20 bucks. You know, so. It's 20 bucks after they've already gotten your 20 bucks after they've already gotten your 20 bucks. After well, I never paid 20, 20 bucks for a CD. I never paid. Okay, fine. 17.99 for that 15.99. But with inflation, that 17.99 is now that's 20. Fair. That's and fair. And when it was 15.99, it's now 20. Yeah. And when it was 12.99, it was now 20. I can't take it with me. So I want to enjoy my life. I am not saying <laughs> <laughs> it's just saying they've got your money more than likely. Oh, they have multiple three, times. four, or five times over on the same product. It's pretty good. Times. It's pretty good. Anyway, so what's your two? All right, so uh, then my uh, your two. What's your two? We go back to you. Uh, I just did the Beatles. Oh, the Beatles is right. Fleetwood Mac. Sorry, I was caught in the Led Zeppelin thing in my head. Oh, Fleetwood Mac's my number two. Go for it. All right, I I love this band, and there's drama even more still going on today, Matt. Uh, mm-hmm. Last night I was reading about um lindsey buckingham and apparently he is he's uh, got he did an interview recently and he because he's been kicked out of the band and they asked him again again and they asked him and he said exactly. it's stevie stevie nicks is the problem and blah 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 and of irving course. azoff who's the manager and of course and then stevie responded which she never does stevie never fucking responds to lindsey's shit and she finally responded she said uh this is lindsey and he loves to tell uh new narratives and his version of the story I did not ask him to be removed from the band. Never once kicked him out of the band. I said that I wanted to leave the band because I couldn't deal with toxicity anymore of us working together in the band. I couldn't deal with it. And I didn't want to be a part of it anymore. And I've got a right to decide that for my life. Uh, And so what happened is is the band basically said, what's either him or her. And let's go with Stevie because Stevie's going to bring people and put butts in seats. Not Lindsay. We can get a guitarist. So it's purely smart. It's ego. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the star. I'm the star. We all know Stevie's the star. Lindsay, it sucks, buddy, because you're a magnificent yeah. guitar player. Lindsay thinks he's the star, but he's, he's not. not the star. He's not. In any way, Stevie's been the star since yeah. the 70s. Last I checked, Lindsay's solo career was in the fucking garbage after Holiday Road. And it's not like Stevie's was Stevie gangbusters. Had, well, she had a bunch of hits, though, man. She was successful. Yes. But she was much more successful in Fleetwood Mac. True. But you, she's the only one that broke out and was able to be successful from that. Christine mm-hmm. McVie couldn't get it done. She had one hit. That's it. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the drama within them dating, you know, the drama of uh, the McVies dating John and Christine, and then breaking up McFleetwood, all that. And then Steve, uh, apparently, uh, I don't know if it's true, uh, Lindsay and Christine getting together and all this stuff. So there's a lot of, like, messing around that goes on with this band. And then the drama between Lindsay and Stevie that still exists today, as I just said. Because those old emotions of them having been together b- bubbles up for both of them, and they're just people that cannot get along, and there's still too much residue from that breakup that still permeates today. So there's a lot, plus incredible music. I mean, Rumors, what can you say? One of the greatest classic albums ever, but also all their music throughout, then transitioning into the 80s, getting Lindsay out, bringing new people in, Lindsay coming back, the live mm-hmm. concert they did a few years ago um that became an album itself or cd itself and all of that so to me that's just the classic um uh more than the mamas and the papas to me that's more the classic band with the interpersonal relationships being shattered 
and still carrying the anger and grudge about it into now. So I think there'd be a lot to explore. Oh, James yeah. Petty said there was a good BBC documentary series a few years ago called Rock Family Trees that covered band stories, including Fleetwood Mac. Oh, I might watch that. I'll put it on my list. Thanks, James. Um, all right. Where are we off to next, Matt? Where do you got at your number one? Uh, my number one I have is the punt from you earlier, Pink Floyd. Okay. Go ahead, my man. I think there's an Oscar movie in there. Oh, That's yeah. why it's my number one. thousand yep. percent agree with you. Sid Barrett coming in, being the driving force, you know, uh, it's him, Roger Waters, and I can't remember. It's like four or five guys, but it hits him and Roger Waters for all intents and purposes. And then they bring in Gilmore. Yeah, David Gilmore. As, yeah, as basically like a, somebody else to help with the load. Sid's a little bit erratic. And then they kick Sid out of the band because, you know, he went mad. Yeah. Or he was, you know, I don't mean to be insensitive. I don't know how what the phrasing properly is, mm-hmm. but – he had to be committed and he had just, he went, you know, he was slowly going into this other place that nobody else was and no one else could yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, and then to see them kind of go and become when rock and roll is all one way and they're putting out these experimental concept albums and selling as much or more than everybody else when they're all doing, yeah. you know, this over here, they zagged. And then eventually the Roger Waters situation yeah. becomes acrimonious within the band and now you have all this tumult and everybody else moves forward and Rogers gets extricated and then him coming back and then him doing his own thing and fucking doing dark side or not yeah. dark side but the wall by himself yeah. because that was his idea for the concept album and it, the the turmoil and strife that they have meanwhile putting out just these iconic two, three, four albums. I mean, Dark Side of the Moon was in the top 100 oh, yeah. album sales for three decades and change. Yeah. Never didn't sell enough albums to be one of the top 100 albums selling of the year. That's Insane. bananas. Yeah. they're the That's the best, technically, I believe it's the best album of all time. Hmm. And no one would assume Pink Floyd with Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. Um, I don't know, just just the, the evolution of the band and how they went from this one thing morphed into this other and then morphed into another after that. And with the Sid Barrett plus the Roger Waters and Gilmore turmoil, I genuinely think there's an Oscar movie in there somewhere. I think you're hundred percent right. I really do. And I, and, and the idea of this, um, the, the changing of band members we've seen, I think with all of our bands on our lists, but there's something about these guys that the changing of the band members carries even more weight than any of the other bands. Plus the, the, uh, the, decisions that were made there the music that's created in pink floyd is like next level fucking classic movie music like and i don't mean classical i mean like this is the fucking lawrence of arabia of music that you can create in a band you know and it's that kind of level of respect for the musicianship the lyrics the uh the journey you go on musically when you're just lying there listening to the tracks one as they go one after the other in an album that takes you someplace else uh so for that they they generate that feeling that this is an elevation type of band a next level type of band yeah go the wall is an exploration of what happened to sid barrett yeah exactly yeah yeah and i kind of knew that when i just you know was really listening to that in high school uh but now you know, I watched The Wall probably like a year and a half ago again. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
they just a i like the the album yeah and the visuals pair so beautifully with it yeah um it just tells this incredible story about the psychosis of an individual and what drives someone to be the way that they are right. their past traumas inflicting you know damage on their current state of being and how for some people that can just be a million miles an hour until you fall off a cliff yeah yeah um and it's just it's brutal to watch and to know that they had experience within that and how they managed to come out the other side and put yeah. out this beautiful piece of artwork as an expression of the pain and everything that they went through before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, comfortably numb dude. Uh, that's in the top five for me ever. Any song ever made ever written, ever created, ever composed. It is perfect. And whenever I listen to it and I've heard, you know, Van Morrison's live version of it, which is excellent, which they use in Departed. That is fucking what he's with Rot Waters and all them doing it at that BBC charity thing. Bruce Hornsby did a version of it, just him and the piano, mm-hmm. which blew my fucking mind. Um, there have been so many out. versions, so many versions. And uh, they still get together every once in a while, Roger Waters and Doug, uh, David Gilmore. They're, yeah, they're, they come back and right? then it gets acrimonious again. And then yes. They- I saw something from a few years ago that's on YouTube. You guys can watch it. It's a beautiful presentation from the O2 Arena. And it's Roger Waters doing this whole presentation. And he's talking. And then wow. he starts the song. And then Gilmore appears. And you're like, holy shit. And it's so incredible. Separated by that fucking wall, which is symbolic as hell in so many ways. Yeah. And then doing the song. And it's just as fucking great. Oh, I mean, with them performing it than it was the first time, dude. Yeah. I, I would love to have been on that that wall tour where they actually oh. built a wall and then tear yes. it down by the end of it. And <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. Like that is yeah. so interesting and I don't know, artistically unique. Yeah. What rock band is doing that. Right. Um that's anyway. their next level. Their fucking next level yeah. band, man. Um, all right. So then uh my number one is the Beastie Boys, the punt from earlier. Um, the documentary they did on Apple TV was fucking excellent. If you guys haven't seen that, please watch it. Uh, but yeah, there's a there's a really interesting journey for them going from these young punk kids, yeah. sexist, misogynist kids. Uh, yeah, CBGB, yeah, doing all the things that they're doing, and then having this awakening and becoming this these kinds of icons and statesmen for the rap group. And no one really event, you know, initially the some of the black rap groups came at them for, Oh yeah, of course. Cause they're white, but the musicianship won out. The lyrics won out the respect they had for black rappers. Yeah, but I mean, won out, you know, Russell Simmons and yeah. Rick Rubin went out and found them. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's technically, I think it's Rick Rubin discovered them, but Simmons was running that label. Yeah. Def jam. Yeah. And they signed him seeing that the, the, the I mean, they'd put out cookie puss like this kind of rap. <laughs> Rubbed cookie pasta. Yeah, this is a kind of rap jokey thing that they did, and they saw some merit in that. Mm-hmm. But you're right with the, the the misogyny and chauvinism and all that. And you have to look at it as like these young, brash, they're a bunch of 17, 18, 19-year-old kids yeah, yeah. trying to act like men. Right. Trying to be cool, trying to do all the things that most of us did yeah. at that age on some level. Um, so it's unsurprising that's what made me really uh, fall in love with them is the growth yeah. and maturation Agreed. and how they explored new ideas. And sometimes those new ideas didn't resonate as well for me, like in the, the merit of the music that they put out. Right. 
Uh, But I still appreciated the growth and the Mm -hmm. trying to express themselves in different ways or expand the, the art form. Yeah, I, I styles from album now. They just yeah. don't have as much of the turmoil as these other bands, and that's why mm. I put them at six. I'm like, they don't have the infighting. They don't. They do, but not to the degree no. of your Fleetwood Macs, your right. Pink Floyds, right. your Guns N' Roses. So the diva shit in that, or the mm-hmm. you know, drugs and everything is more intriguing to me. But I, I, but I hear you what you're saying about Pink Floyd, right? That's an. I think this could be an Oscar winning film as well because. There isn't that infighting. There is three young men going through this journey together. Mm-hmm. And as an audience, you would care for all three of them as they grow, as they mature, as they uh, open their minds. You know, Yash became such a big advocate for Tibetan monks and for all of that and exploring the expansion. And to think these are the guys that were singing girls. It's so similar yeah. to the Beatles. Brass these- monkey. Yeah, Brass Monkey. These are the guys, and it's like the Beatles. They're singing, I want to hold your hand, or yeah, yeah, yeah. And then fucking Abbey Road or Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the fact, or even the White Album, the fact that they're able to transition in such a short amount of time and create such incredible music and then become advocates and statesmen and, and what have you mm-hmm. um, that draw attention to a number of causes and then actually go out on stage and apologize for all the stuff that they did go out on interviews and apologize for their sexist, uh, yeah, show they grew past. up. Yeah. And they was and like, I'm great. sorry. Yeah. Men I was a dumb that. kid. Yeah. That's not an excuse. I'm just yeah. telling you I was a dumb kid. Yeah. So, uh, I just love them to pieces. Yeah. I would love to. So that's my own, it's my own bias. Yeah. Um, what, what threw yeah. off a bunch of people is when they brought the, the instruments back in going back to their punk roots. Right. With uh, sabotage. When, yeah. yeah. Well, even before that, the album before that, uh, you know, Paul, Paul's Boutique. No, no, no. Uh, Sabotage. So it was uh, Licensed to Ill, Paul's Boutique, and then Check Your Head. Check Your Head is where they brought. Oh, Check Your Head. Right, 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 right. The album's back. Okay. Um, now I'm going to make sure I'm in the timeline of that. Ill Communication, I think, is was the other one, right? The one right after that. Yeah, Ill Communication, and then yeah. Hello Nasty, but Ill Communication's got Sabotage. Yeah, Sabotage, right. Uh, right, Check Your Head. I forgot about Check Your That's right, Check Your Head. Check Your Head is where I really felt. I had Paul's Boutique, but Check Your Head I listened to. Mm. It's when I had my own. I bought a Discman. I saved up my money. <laughs> and yes. I bought these two little portable speakers that ran on uh, batteries. Yeah. But they, I could have two stereo and I listened to Check Your Head. I had a job, my first ever job. I was a concession worker at a Little League field when I was like 14. <laughs> and I had Beastie Boys and I could play Check Your Head. And I just sit in the concession stand and everyone's in. Somebody come up and get like a cherry uh, Slurpee-ish thing. Those, uh, you know, those Italian uh, ice where you just have a scoop uh, of ice and then you pour the syrup on top, whatever the oh, fuck yeah. that is. Yeah. yeah. That was our, the big seller. That and just That's a Coke. So uh, but it wasn't uh, the busiest of Little League stands. So I just sat and listened to that album and a few others, but that one yeah. a lot. Right. I remember So What You Want off that album. That's right. I, I, fucking, love, that I love that album. I can rap That's almost every word. Wow. Backwards and forwards. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I, I got to get Paul's Boutique on LP, man, because that's um, that's an expensive buy, dude. It's like 32 bucks for Paul's Boutique. Yeah, well, you're paying for the samples. Yeah, exactly. It's not cheap, bud. Um, all right, well, there you go. There's our – this God, man, we're almost at two hours. We got to wrap this thing up. All right, that's yeah. our separate lists. We're going to combine these lists and uh, give you our top 10, official top 10 bands that deserve a biopic list. 
Well, I'm not sure how we do this exactly, but what? I imagine number one is Pink Floyd, right? Yeah, I guess Pink Floyd, then uh, Beasties. Yeah, then Beasties. Then Led Zeppelin. Yeah, Led. Um, although, do you think 3-3 three, three beats 1-6? Probably not. Who cares? Okay. Uh, oh, Beasties. Oh, yeah, you can put Zep above Beasties. I don't, that cares? makes sense. Okay. okay. It's, it's fine. 1-6, 3-3. Three, three, I think they're 6-1 okay. way, half a dozen the other. Okay. Since Beasties have the one, they get it. Um, we have Stones. We do have that's Stones. That's not until later. What, that's it. Okay. So I got my two. Which is? Beatles. Yeah, put them on there. Absolutely. Fuck, absolutely. I got my four. Yeah, my four was pink. Um, yeah, okay. Beastie Boys, Fleet. Oh, wait, but Fleetwood, oh, Fleetwood Mac. That's my okay. number two. Okay. Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Um, okay, so then you have your four. So then Nirvana, my four, makes it. So I don't have okay. my five, and you don't have your five? Van Halen's my five. All right, I got guns on five. Ooh. Flip Do you want to flip, or would you like me oh, to no, flip? No, no, go ahead. All right. Call in the air. Three, two, one. Tails. It landed on a pair of, or pardon me, a blanket over there. I'm going to flip yeah. another one. I got okay. another corner right here. Call in the air. Three, two, one. Tails. Come on, daddy. Van Halen it is. Yay. Finally won one. Um, you know what? That could be the first time you've uttered that phrase, and it's accurate. I think I've won the last five. I think yeah. the other times you're doing it for like this bullshit empathy oh, from the audience, and I don't care for it, and I don't here think they go. care for it yeah. either. You've never tried to do bullshit empathy with the audience. Okay. Dude, solid citizen that's, here. It's your calling card. What do you have uh, as your next? Um, Rolling Stones at six. We put it on there already, okay. right? Yeah. No, Stones. Just... Okay. Stones there. We got one left. All right, I have Beastie Boys, Fleetwood Mac, Zep, Pink Floyd, Van Halen, Stones, and then we get to my seven. Public Enemy. Oh, it's Public Enemy versus the Woo. Woo. Wow. Black on black. That's not good for us. But all right. Flip it, man. I don't have a coin in front of me. Sorry. Oh, man. All right. Call in the air. Three, two, one. Heads. Wait. Don't you call it this time? Because I called it last time. Okay. You got a coin? No, you call it as you flip it. All right. Tails. Motherfucking roll to the other side of the room. (laughs) Roll to the other side of the room and it wasn't even fucking worth it. Oh, no. Stupid public you know enemy. What? You know what? We'll put Wu on there, man. Just hey, <laughs> just put Wu on there. All right, there we go. All right, let's do this. The top ten bands that deserve a biopic. Yeah. At number ten, the Wu Tang Clan. At number nine, the Rolling Stones. At number eight, Guns and Roses. At number seven, Van Halen. At number six, Nirvana. At number five, Fleetwood Mac. At number four. The Beatles. At number three. Led Zeppelin. At the deuce slot. The Beastie Boys. And our number one band that deserves a biopic is... Pink Floyd. There is no ways. You are repeating. All right. 
Uh, there you go. There's our list. Thank you all so much for joining us. We appreciate it madly. Uh, we're over two hours. We'll get the hell out of here. Um, yep. Matt, what do we got to tell them? Thank you so much to everybody that joined us in the live chat today. We thoroughly appreciate it. If you'd like to join us, you can join uh, over at our patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. And we uh, email uh, the live people uh, a link twice a month and they come and join us for the live show. And we appreciate it each and every time. We hope you guys had fun today. You can follow the show at top 10 show and on Instagram and YouTube. It is forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10. And those are all the ways you can get a hold of us. And please, I'd appreciate it if you followed me at Matt Nost and checked out Settle the Score. Uh, and that is it. All right. Yeah. You can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram. You can also head on over to my YouTube channel as well. YouTube.com slash John Roca says, and be a part of everything we're doing there. All right. You guys are awesome. Take care of yourselves. We love you. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the top 10 show. 